Hey guys, Dustin Wynn, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. Hey, this is Scott Snyder, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Paul Dini, listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Bat Force Radio, the Batman and DC podcast with no limits. Uh, we are joined tonight by Bat Force Tom in California. Hey, hey. The Grumpler in New York. Everybody stay home. <laughs> exactly. And I'm Robin Cross in Canada, and we are all firmly in our homes. Uh, March 25th saw the release of the finale, issue 8 of Batman Curse of the White Knight. And we were planning to have our... A recap of the issue in the series overall tonight, and who better to join us uh, once again than the maestro of the series, Mr. Sean Murphy? Yeah, hey. yeah. It's kind of a last-minute thing. You uh, texted me, and I was like, "Do you want me to be a guest? I've got fucking nothing to do tonight." Seriously, because <laughs> you're smart and you're not going anywhere. Yeah, or uh, Maine uh, is on lockdown too, officially. So. Yeah, everywhere really should be. There's so many, see so much footage of people not taking it seriously and going out just to show yeah. that they're going out. Yeah. Silliness. Oh, I see somebody's holding up some artwork of mine. It's uh, the oh, original, original yeah. first uh, edition. And I met you in uh, California last year, right? Where you did the, um, what was that? That was the uh, oh, Palm God. Springs. Palm Springs Con, that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. fun. You know it's good because um, <clears throat> I, I I just wrapped up the uh, the um, the payments on this a couple months ago, and uh, <clears throat> thank you for your that. purchase. <laughs> yeah, well, I got that in the mail, and I was like, "All right, I'm good." My first ever original art purchase um, page that is. Yeah. I've gotten like um, I've done like like commissions and stuff before, but I've never gotten an original page just because I just don't want to step into that pool yet. Yeah. Got it, and I was like, you know what? I'm good. That's it. If I ever, this is, if I ever, if I don't get any other one, that's it. And right. uh, be fine. And, you know, <laughs> Curse of the White Knight, fantastic. Probably one of my favorite graphic novels of all time. He's never going to top it. Never going to top it. Um, <laughs> and then, lo and behold, you come out with this one, and what the fuck, man? Uh, I love it. Probably like. just as much, if not more. And I'm seeing. The pages come out of uh, issue seven specifically, and now issue eight, and I'm like, God fucking damn it! <laughs> well, first of all, thanks for, uh, for I'm I'm honored to be the one that broke your cherry as far as buying <laughs> art. I mean, there's a lot cheaper art out there. I'm sure you're aware. So going yeah. whole hog this early, like, uh, yeah, I'm I'm sure your wife is pissed at you. <laughs> she has no idea. <laughs> oh, there you go. So we, won't, we won't tell her until uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out when I'll tell her, but. But yeah, no, that's the thing. I the page the page that I have is a specific. Uh, it's one of the ones where the '89 Batmobile is racing um, with Gordon in it, and he's racing. He's chasing down Batman. Yeah. Um, and you know, I was like, okay, I, I'm a huge '89 fan. 
you know, I, my, I have a massive 89 collection. I have to have that. I have to have a page. Right. Um, and like I said, then this edition comes out. And at first I'm like, okay, yeah, it's great. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> the story's great. It's cool. And then the last couple of issues come out and I'm like, motherfucker, these are some of the best images like yet. Oh, so. oh thanks, man. I really appreciate it. I was, uh, who was I hanging out with in Chicago? Oh, uh, that was uh, Trunkler. Trunkler, yeah. I was chatting with him and I was like, we were at the bar. I think I had a few and I'm like, all right, man. I remember when we all first met online and you said I was the first um, writer that wrote a Batman story that you all collectively agreed that you liked. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I'm like, is that still true for Curse? And if it's not, don't tell me. <laughs> so if he's not here, I guess we know the truth. He didn't really like yeah. it. <laughs> uh, I remember when... Uh... When we talked for, like, we were setting up for you to come on to talk about issue one of Curse uh, yep. before it came out, and you said, "Well, does everybody like it? Because if nobody, if anybody doesn't like it, I'm not coming on." <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that. You can not like I it. Know. It's okay. <laughs> we, we know. I, but uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I knew. Do. I, I knew it was going to throw some people off because the first one was such a obvious political thriller, and then this one starts out with like Castlevania, and I know readers would be like, "What the." fuck this is a totally different <laughs> genre and uh my hope was that people would kind of stick to it be like all right all right we'll go you know we'll go into this issue two issue three okay okay i like it i like it i think some people never really got into the swashbuckling stuff which is just personal taste but uh yeah i was dying to do a book that had that stuff in it and to go do a deep dive into gotham to the 1600s which i don't think anyone's gone back that far um yeah and i think people that stuck with it uh are pretty happy i i hope at least <laughs> yeah i i was never a, a swashbuckling fan either but given that this the purpose of the swashbuckling is because it's going back into the history of gotham and of the waynes and stuff that directly affects batman so it's right it's, you know a very clear purpose and it, it makes it interesting yeah i mean asro has a sword so it's sort of there's your there's your hint right there i mean you can sort of get into sword fighting and alfred has swords or it's uh the Wayne's swords or it's just obviously a theme, you know? So I thought like, well, it can all kind of tie together. And I always thought like, man, John Paul Valley, his last name, Valley Valley. What if like this was all a fight over Gotham Valley and they changed his last name. So I'm trying to connect some threads that um, people didn't really see before. And yeah, like I probably said last time, I was happy that uh, Azrael was mostly not being used. So it was a good time to sort of, uh, try another uh, Nightfall type of thing, you know? And uh, you really wanted to buy yourself a sword, and this was a good uh, reason to do that. <laughs> Take that, IRS. Fuck you. <laughs> hey, when I get audited, they walk into my studio like, all right, uh, so this dot's in here. This is a write-off, some kind of business car. Like, yeah, of course, I take clients all the time. All right, well, uh, what about that sword in the trunk? Oh, yeah, I used that in Batman. Here, check it out. It's all... I should draw a book of a yacht and just, and just you know, buy a yacht, and that's a write-off too, right? Yeah. Perfect. Uh, before I forget to mention this, um, so completely unrelated to White Knight, but you have the upcoming arc in Catwoman coming up that uh, you plotted along with Blake Northcott, and yeah. Kean Tormey was just on the show uh, with us a couple days ago. Yeah, I listened uh, to that episode. That was great. Cool. Had for bringing Kean, him on. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was it was great to talk to him. My, I was curious if Kean had ever told you the story of Klaus Jansen yelling at him. Uh, he mentioned that Klaus yelled at him, but he didn't <laughs> explain why. <laughs> That's great. Uh, that, yeah, that, but, that was a good story. And Klaus is a, a 
is a grumpy old bastard in his own words. <laughs> and I say that with full with all, a lot of love in my heart. So if you caught caught him in a bad mood, then you know, who's not above yelling at some poor little Irish guy every now and then, right? <laughs> Especially if he refuses to put enough black on his page. <laughs> is that what he did? Or did yeah, he yeah, he he wasn't uh, he wasn't putting enough black on his pages, so he he got yelled at. Now, was it actually yelling and screaming, or was it like a stern talking yeah, to? I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it was probably I mean, because like I... a like an uncle or like a like an uncle's <laughs> way of like fucking like, hey man, wake the fuck up! What are you doing? You I guess I guess if Klaus, yeah. you know, sort of raises his voice to you or gets a little stern with you, you might yeah. get that, you know, little kid feeling. Like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, I'm getting yelled. Yeah, it's fucking Klaus Jansen. I mean, if he yelled at me, I'd shit my pants. Yeah, he does like ch- chide you like a like an uncle would. It's funny when I would hang out with him in New York. Um, he, he's like not at, up. He's not. He's he's not okay hanging out too late. So if it's like 9 p.m., 10 p.m., we'll start ordering the check. We'll get back to his uh, apartment and we'll have make one glass of wine. And then in the minute the clock hits 11, he's like, he would stand up no matter how many people were in his apartment, no matter what we were talking about. He would just stand up and be like, all right, everybody out. I'm tired. And he would kind of <laughs> laugh a little bit, but not really. You know, he was just he's like, fuck it. I'm 65. All of you, you all owe everything to me. I help reinvent Batman. It's good to see you. I love you all. Get the fuck out of my apartment. <laughs> kind of get away with that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I was uh not to switch subjects again. I was listening to your recent podcast with uh Todd McFarlane. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> and when it first came on, I thought that's not Todd. That's the guy that does Todd impressions. There's no way. Uh, <laughs> that's actually yeah, Todd. That's what everyone said. No one thought that it was really him. It was just oh, forget about it. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Yeah. Well, like, the, these these are all Sean Murphy impressions on these episodes too. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah we yeah, decided to, to like. It was a slow week, and we were like, fuck it. Let's just put Todd McFarlane on the masthead. Let's just put him on the... And we'll just say it's him. And I'll, like, I, t- I had a couple of shots, and I just went for it for an hour and a half. This was great, man. It sounded awesome. You even talked about sports, and you knew your shit. You, you yeah. took a, a subtle dump on comics, but also took the high road at the same time. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Talked yeah. about Ty Cobb's teeth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I told you got to get a... You got to work on your Sean Murphy impression. Just, uh, you know... Say um a lot and then say something benign that gets Twitter all lit on fire for some reason. Oh, all right. I, I have oh, friends. Jesus. Boom. Like, holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, man. You know, it's it's funny you bring that up. And uh, it's just a funny world. And and the thing that um, I was telling, who was I telling? This before, I mean, good luck getting to a con now, you know, yeah. to yeah. be able to get some FaceTime with the people that matter. But I was just telling some of the rest of the guys, you know, the next chance we get where we see like somebody at dc either it's jim lee or whoever in publishing we let we tell them it's like hey like twitter is a fucking vacuum and -hmm. it's such a small fraction of what the actual like comic purchasers and and readers think yeah that don't like just let it let that shit die and let that shit like it's just it's insane to me how you go to a comic shop and you ask somebody hey man do you like white knight oh yeah i love it you know who's writing it? I think so. Yeah, Sean Murphy, right? Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I think it's great. And that's it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's all that should matter. Yeah, that's I agree. All that, and that's literally, I would say, 90% of comic readers out there, the yeah. they don't go on Twitter to fucking bitch and moan. They go into the comic shop. They buy the books. They read it. They enjoy it. If they enjoy yeah. it, they, they continue to look at your name that's on it. And, they, oh, what else has this guy done? Right. And uh, and that's yeah. And that's like the majority of everyone who's reading right now. Yeah. That's the people that are actually buying the books. 
Right. All these people who are who are bitching and complaining, most of them have press access and get free books digitally mm-hmm. and aren't paying for anything. So to be honest, their opinion is not really worth shit. Yeah, I agree. And, and so it's 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 why worry about them, but you know, it's yeah the blue check marks and um there's all yeah. these blogs that put way too much weight on certain people who don't matter and it's a shame. Yeah. That's the truth, uh, man. hundred percent. It just it doesn't matter. And if you say to Twitter that their fighting doesn't matter, that's enough oh, to God. get outrage. Because yeah. a lot of people, their careers aren't where they want them to be. They're pissed that they're not paying their bills. They thought they were gonna have more of a foot in the door by now and they're not. So yeah. they're scoring points. So they're not literally getting money to pay their bills, but they're getting fulfilled in other ways, like emotional fulfillment. Like Twitter doesn't matter to me. I don't need Twitter to be relevant. I have my comics. But for a lot of the angry people on Twitter, Twitter very much matters to them because yeah, that's yeah. that's the only thing that they feel gives them a foot in the door. And when you tell them that what they're doing doesn't really matter, they just lose their shit, you know? Yeah, uh, I, I said it recently, and I it didn't mean to be controversial, but you know, you know, I always put my foot in my mouth. I said, uh, you know, Wizard really did a good job of making comic artists look cool, and then Twitter came along and revealed the truth about us. And I, <laughs> and I include myself in that too. Like, it took me a long time to learn how to talk at shows, how to be, how to go to bars, what not to say, um, you know, how to be cool and how not to get ruffled and try to have a thick skin. Like, it takes a lot of practice to do that, and I wasn't always good at it. I mean, you go back long enough in my my tweets, I'm sure you'll find stuff that's that'll piss you off. And who knows, you know? <laughs> but yeah, I agree. It doesn't matter at all. But to them, they they really think it matters. But the game now is just to dunk on each other on Twitter. But at yeah, the end yeah. of the day, it doesn't actually move the needle as far as sales are concerned. No, right. And, and, and that's and that's why we hope that uh, the publishers understand that you know we just hope that they're as aware as we are that these people are just a very vocal minority and please god don't listen to them i don't know if they do i i hope like when when the stuff happened with me a few weeks ago and i just got off twitter i didn't respond at all and it's just like man for four days it would just not go away yeah and um i uh called someone high up at the at dc i won't say who and I said, listen, like, I don't care about this stuff at all. I don't think it really matters. Do you? Because if you care, you know, this guy's my boss. If you care, then I care, of course. And um, I'm not sure if they care, if they really <laughs> think it matters. I know they don't want to be bothered by PR people telling right. them they need to have a meeting. I know they don't want to interrupting their flow. Um, but it's hard to say because, as you know, I mean, a lot of companies are very reactionary to online boycotts and hate mail and all that stuff, you know? Yeah, and it, it's uh, the art suffers because of it, unfortunately, yeah. you know. And um, it's it sucks, especially right now, because it's such a weird time yeah. with um, with like the coronavirus scare stuff and how you know uh, shops are in a real bind right now. And yeah, um, it's uh, I don't know. It's just it's gonna be. I really hope that this the the online world doesn't get more clout than it already has. Um, right. But. Like I said, yeah. you know, the thing is, is at least with us and I think real comic fans, what what yeah. matters is you read a book, you enjoy the content, whether it be the art or the story or both. Yeah. And you go back and you see who created it, who made it. Yeah. And then you follow those people. And like I said, 90 percent of the of the people who pick up a comic book, mm-hmm. they don't really dive too deep into Twitter or, right. you know, they might they might listen to us. They might listen to podcasts or they might listen to interviews because they want to know more about the story. 
Right. Um, but how many of them really give a shit about anything beyond that? You know, you're right. Yeah. They don't. They don't yeah. pay attention to previews. They don't see. They don't read interviews of mine, and nor nor should they. I mean, if they do, yeah. great. But honestly, I mean, most people realize that my next Batman is on sale when they literally show up at the comic book shop and they see issue one on the shelf and they go, "Oh shit, that's out." Yeah. And you know, the owner pulled a copy aside. Like that's that's most readers. They don't actually go through previews and have pull lists and read interviews and. Like my favorite actor, one of them is like, you know, Al Pacino. I've never read an interview by Al Pacino. I don't know what he thinks about Donald Trump. I don't know if he pays all his tax. Like, I have no idea. I don't even follow him on Twitter. Like, I don't know why it works. Um, it doesn't work this way in comics. I think it's because a lot of creators are dumb enough to respond <laughs> and to yeah. get in the mud with some of these trolls, you know? Yeah. It, Sean, yeah, I, th I think uh, if, if somebody went back to your Twitter feed, they'd find out you're not perfect and... <laughs> also a human being at the same time <laughs> yeah <laughs> shocker <laughs> yeah but it, i the thing it's funny though is like you're the guy that's you're the guy that got heat but you're also the guy that is probably at least in the last like when did you start white knight uh what year was that 2017 so since 2017 like i think if you ask pretty much most people like you have ran probably the, the best twitter account that any creator probably in recent memory has because <laughs> you, you've made it strictly about like just what you're putting out you know yeah. you don't you don't get in you don't get into it with um with trolls you're not like posting opinions about i mean any i mean it doesn't matter what it could be like you're not talking about the fucking brand of of paper that you're using you know like right you're just putting out the product and, the, and you're wanting to make sure that it's quality and you want to make sure that the fans that are reading it enjoy it and yeah you're actually a guy that like takes in feedback from readers and who takes in you know takes it to heart yeah i try um, man i mean even when people are sometimes and people are mostly great every you know one out of a hundred can come across as rude and i don't think they mean to and i think if you give them the benefit of the doubt they'll they'll snap to it and treat you with respect if you treat them with respect you know right and um i mean i i don't know well uh, so I, sorry go ahead. No, no, that was it. <laughs> I was going to say, so, I mean, at least with us, um, for the most part, yeah, we bitch and we complain about certain things. What I like about our group and, and you know, the interviews that we do, we never spend any time, at least um, on the episodes that we record. If yeah. we don't like it, we just don't talk about it. Right. If, if we don't uh, care for a specific uh, uh, creator, we're not going to interview him. It's just as easy mm -hmm. as that, you know? Um, and the, the thing is, is, what I hope is this stuff, you know, the, the heat that you get, whatever, um, doesn't cut into at all of the, of the, uh, of the announcements that you've made that you yeah. made probably like a couple of days before everyone lost their shit, because the stuff that you were saying about what's coming <laughs> and the yeah. stuff that you're saying that you've been kind of given control of, all of us are like, holy shit, that's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah, so I'm hoping has anything changed? Is there any any updates on that stuff or is it still rolling through? It's still fine. It's okay. all intact. Okay. I mean, at the end of the day, to, to be capitalist about this, let's say I was an asshole. Let's say I was the worst things that people were, were saying about me on Twitter. Um, my stuff's on time. I'm still easy to work with. My my the quality of the product hopefully is there. I'm never late. Um, it makes DC money. So shut the fuck up. You know, now on top of that, I am not those things that people not said. Right. I, I am as uh, as liberal as a lot of the people attacking me, but 
I'm not caught in my bubble, and I have conservative friends, so I speak and say things a little differently than they would like, and that's How that's dare what, you. what gets me into trouble. I know. I, I was shocked because I was I some of the things I was reading, I was like, man, I thought the complete opposite of Sean Murphy. Like, oh, where are you you know where are you getting this stuff from? Yeah, man. Honestly, they, they haven't talked to you. It's boiling yeah. over. I I don't do enough shows. I don't uh talk a lot i don't engage with the the twitter yeah. communities and here i am at the top of the mountain with a hit book about to roll out new books i'm literally a kingmaker if i want to have a white <laughs> universe and i said oh, to yeah. them i'm only hiring people that are nice to customers um which that people think it's a dog whistle it's not i've been saying that for 10 years i always think that customers hey, yeah. first i know that comicscape right. takes uses that too i'm not going to change the way i talk just because of them and I don't want to hire a writer or an artist who's going to cause drama online. And I'm going to get texts from this artist like, hey, man, can you step in and defend me? Like, I don't oh, want to deal with that shit. Yeah. So that's all I meant by saying that. And I probably should have thought about how it looked, but I didn't because I probably just didn't care at the time. And then, yeah, four days later, I, I'll usually I have a pretty thick skin. But after four days, that that came close to breaking me. I was really tired and disgusted. And then luckily, coronavirus came along and distracted everybody. <laughs> Even the stuff that's flaring up on Twitter now, it's like, guys, the comic book industry is the Titanic. We just hit an iceberg. We, we might not go down, but we've got some time here to do some shit. And a lot of creators are in first class having pissing contests while people on steerage are sinking. Like, what are you doing? There's bigger fish to fry right now. Do we really want to be arguing over this while the, the ship is you know, recuperating from whatever the hell we're supposed to do. Yeah. I just don't understand how people, I think maybe because they're so scared of the, um, what's going to happen to the industry. It's more fun to just pick off these small fights that they're used to and ignore, you know, the 500 pound elephant in the room. What do you think? Um, what I mean, like, man, it's a dark time. So there's a lot of, uh, not all, but a lot of States uh, have a lot of States yep. have, um, Comic shops just aren't able to open right now unless they are able yeah. to either deliver through mail yeah. um, or have some sort of either like delivery or mail order or something like that. Right. What do you think fans can do to keep the industry at least afloat? What can like because I mean, we can only do what we can do as fans. So right. as yeah. fans, what do you think we can do to help? I think you should buy digital I think you should uh, support the digital transition. Um, I'm not saying we need to switch over to a digital model, but that is the only way that publishers have right now to make any kind of money back. So if one thing we get out of this is people are more willing to buy digital and maybe publishers are willing to lower the price of digital because you're not actually printing anything. I don't know why a comic has to cost the same price digital versus real, you know? I think there's an opportunity here to like switch gears. And I know that scares comic book shops because the culture in shops for for years has been Wednesday warriors come in, they pick up their pull box, we joke around, we complain about our husbands and wives, talk about video games, you know, you pay your fifty bucks for the books and you leave. And that's what they're used to is the serialization of customers coming in every week. I don't if half the shops are gone, I don't know if that's a model we can hold on to anymore. Um, my hope is that we embrace a European model um, in the next six months, meaning um, you don't have monthlies unless it's like 
big titles like Batman, Spider-Man, X-Men, whatever. But a lot of stuff gets moved on to straight to graphic novel. So like in Europe, you wait a year for volume two of the book. You know, it's like 50 pages. It's beautifully colored. It's never late. You know, they take their time in Europe. Um, there are hundreds of comic book shops in France that are able to make money without serialized comics. They can do it. So there's no reason why we can't do it, you know? I mean, the thing that I keep telling people that are really scared right now is, um, yeah, this might be our, this is kind of like our D-Day moment in a way. This is our, you know, stay calm and carry on type type moment. Um, and we've been through worse. Uh, we are still the same country that we were in 1930s when women had to go to work for the men. And, you know, we started to have nickel drives and steel drives and all those. We are still the same people. We will figure this out. And the same thing the comics is the problems that we're running into, restaurants are running into. I mean, airlines are running into. Like, we are not special. And the thing that we have to our advantage is that idiots like me will draw for free. Because we really, mm -hmm. I have no choice but to create because I love it so much. Like, yeah, I get a good paycheck now. But if you took that away from me, I'd probably still find ways to do comics. So the money for uh, it takes for us to get started up again isn't that big compared to an airline or a restaurant. I think we're still going to see comics for a long, 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 long time because the willingness of creators to do it and do it well for very little cost. I mean, half the industry makes below poverty line anyway. I mean, in a way, in a way this nothing's really going to change for them. As far as how the books are going to get delivered, is it straight to graphic novel? Do we go back to monthlies? Do we boost um, digital from now on? You know, personally, sorry, this is getting a little bit long. No, no, uh, no, it's important. Personally, I would love it if I had twice as many customers, but they all bought digital books that were half off. So instead of paying $5.99 for Batman, I'd rather have, so say I'm, I have 100,000 copies of Batman I sold for five, for five bucks. I would rather have 200,000 units digital and all those readers spent $2.50 each. It's the same money coming in, but now I have twice the fan base. You know, way more people going to shows, way more people paying attention to Batman, way more people buying, you know, Batman pajamas, you know, contributing to the economy of Batman. Like, I think I would rather have that, honestly. Yeah, again, I know that scares the shit out of shops that are dependent on Wednesday Warriors, but we've seen a lot of smart shops start to diversify anyway with Funko Pops, T-shirts, whatever the hell it is. You know what I mean? I think smart shops will figure a way out of this. I don't know. I mean, each one is going to have its own unique solution, of course. Um, but I, I am not scared about the future. I know we're going to hit some rough times. We'll have to rethink some things, but I think there might be some real opportunity here too, to, uh, improve some things. In some ways I feel like comics is on borrowed time. I mean, the fact that I just bought Assassin's Creed for five bucks on switch yet you, you guys bought, you know, Batman white Knight right in 20 minutes and you're done with it forever. I mean, it's crazy yeah. that we still sell these things when you can get a video game for five bucks, you know? Yeah. So, you know, yeah, right. it's. You know, no, you made a lot of excellent points. Um, I, I think something that I hope maybe comics kind of looks at is kind of uh, what happened to the music industry. Exactly. In that, you yeah. know, like uh, with CDs and records and people going into record stores and buying physical media and then the Internet, like and this and this you could replace the Internet with the coronavirus, I guess. But <laughs> the Internet um, just fucking destroyed that because people then could just go and steal what they want. Yeah. And unfortunately, like you couldn't do anything to stop it. So you had to adjust. And a lot of um, record companies, you know, they they 
they faded away. A lot of record stores closed. There's barely any record stores anymore at all. Yeah. But there's there's a few. And what that proves is there's still a group of people who are loyal that are going to be there to buy physical media if it's offered. Yeah, yeah it might not be the masses that it used to be. Yeah. But I think there is still hope for comic shops if they find a way to survive right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, you know, maybe maybe DC or whoever has to stick to, like you said, like maybe instead of floppies, they stick to hard hardcover graphic novels from now on. Right. And and they put more money into that because, you know, then you get more bang for your buck. You're still getting physical media. People are still getting the, the physical pages and the covers. And I, I mean, I, I'll never be able to stop buying comics if it's there just because... Right. You, you love having something to pass down, you know, or to to share. Right. And as collectors, like it's just kind of in our blood and DNA to want to do it. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, man, you make a lot of good points. It, it's it's definitely a time for people to look at what needs to change and how we yeah. can kind of uh, advance, you know, with with the times. But mm-hmm. what's good though is is we like to be kind of a beacon for you guys, for the creators, yeah. to put a spotlight on and say, hey, you like this? Well, check out this fucking guy because. He's putting out some of the best stuff that we read. So you need to follow him. You need to support him. Yeah. And uh, as much as we can, we're hopefully going to try to do that. You know, wh- whatever direction that the industry yeah. goes, that's kind of what our job is going to be is to redirect traffic towards the guys that we want to see survive. Yeah. So yeah, you guys are super helpful. I mean, you're having, you know, well thought out, positive adult conversations about the thing you love. Yeah. You know, that's why I clicked with you guys so quickly. I don't I think that's probably the case with all of your guests is you're just very personable you're doing every you're doing way more than you need to do to support the industry um for your listeners yeah if they want to kick into kickstarters and crowd funds in a way though you don't the average customer doesn't need to do anything except let us do the work let the industry get on its feet again we will figure out a way to bring you product and then it's up to you to not lose faith in us and spend the money when it's time you know, so let us do the let us dig our way out of this hole, and then I'm, I'm just asking people: don't forget about comics. Don't be the guy like, oh yeah, I used to read up until 2019, and then I don't know, I just kind of fell out of it. That's what I want to avoid: is when people put us off their radar completely. Yeah. I don't think that's gonna happen though. I, I think I mean I mean I'm a little older than the other guys, and I've been through like 12 inches of you know 12 inch records, tapes, CDs. And yeah. now I'm on Spotify, like, yeah. you know, if, if if you guys, you know, like you were saying, Sean, just find a way to deliver the stories, I, yep. I think there's going to be a group of us there to consume it. And one yep. way, you know, even with movies, uh, VHS and DVD, you know, I was packing away DVDs the other day, like, oh, God, <laughs> <laughs> why? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's too late to get off the couch. If it's not on Netflix, I'm not watching it. <laughs> Yeah, right. It's true. That's the funny thing. I mean, Netflix wiped out Blockbuster. I mean, there yeah. were sal- mom and pop shops, salaries at stake, four hundred one k's. I mean, think about what that did. You know, it's it's just our yeah. turn. It's just our turn to go through this. You know, and we'll go through it. But, and and yeah. even Netflix has changed with the times. When Netflix began, they mailed out DVDs to people. Yeah. yeah. Now it's a thing that there's actually I have on my remote control for my TV. There's a button that says Netflix. Yep. And I press that button yep. and it opens Netflix. I can't wait till I just like on my phone, I just push my comics button. Yeah. And like my comics come out in like a 3D rendering right on my phone. <laughs> oh, man. There's, yeah, there's, I love it. there's a way to capture it, though, because like 
I mean, even though the you know, even though people aren't buying like uh, uh, physical media for music, like there's all these SoundCloud rappers that are making millions of dollars off one song. Yep. One song turns into a hit, and millions of people will stream it, and that'll yep. add a bunch of. So like it, you know, if there's a that's the thing is is to capture the youth. The young kids are the ones who are in mass sharing it with friends. If college kids, high school kids, that's mm. where it goes. Everyone's sharing. You're all together. Every kid is going to connect with another kid. Finding yeah. a way to like somehow capture that that way that like a SoundCloud rapper has a hit song one one freaking hit song that yeah. multi millions of people will listen to you find one comic that millions and millions of people will read it's like that's that's how you got to figure it out somehow yeah yeah you're right honestly <clears throat> and uh, you know these younger kids they're not interested in the smell of paper like like we are and that's yeah. okay. You know, if they love the smell of their iPad, you know, <laughs> while they're yeah. zooming from panel to panel, hey, whatever. If their money's green, I'll take it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I take offense to that. Our money is very colorful over here in Canada. <laughs> and, and it smells delicious, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it literally does. I have a photo. One of my favorite things I have is a photo of Mike Mignola smelling my Canadian money. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get that? What happened? Uh, I was talking to him and, uh, in San Diego last year, and uh, I forget. I, I think the conversation started with, I think it was his wife that was there. Uh, we were talking about the Canadian money, because our money is uh, it's plastic. Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, so she, had, she was referencing uh, the, the difference in our money, because she had been in Canada. And I said, and it smells, too. It smells like our $100 bills have a distinct maple syrup smell. It sounds really? funny, but yeah. It. So as soon as I said this, she said, "No, no way." So I pulled one out and I showed her because you have to activate it. If you like fold it over and rub it against itself, somehow that that activates the smell in it. So I handed it to her. She smelled it, and then she goes, "Oh my God, Mike, smell this!" So she hands it to Mike, and I happen to have my phone. I'm like oh, I'm fucking taking a picture of this. <laughs> I've got a. And then it was months it. later. Um, someone had posted. Um something about Mike about being thankful for Mike Mignola. And I replied to it that I was thankful for this photo of Mike Mignola smelling my Canadian money. And Mike replied, smells like maple syrup. <laughs> oh man. That sounds like an urban legend. Like, does it actually smell like maple syrup? Did they actually uh, like the money factory in Canada? Do they actually add maple syrup? I don't know. But if, if, if everything gets, uh, if the world gets back on its feet in time, uh, I'll, I'll show you some of it in Toronto. I think the reason it smells like maple syrup, these are $100 bills, you said? Yeah. I think it's because you guys uh, snort your maple syrup every morning with $100 bills. <laughs> so us, us fat cats uh, eating, <laughs> eating all our uh, breakfast in the morning. Yeah. Uh, we've been way off topic here, but uh, no, I want to talk. talk... This stuff, yeah, yeah. Some of the stuff was important. <laughs> but I do want to get a little bit more on uh, Curse of the White Knight because, yeah, like you mentioned, it was very different. It was a very different story from the first chapter, which was political and, and had all of that stuff to it. Curse of the White Knight was just based in the history of Gotham and then takes us into the future of Gotham. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think each of these volumes are going to just feel very different and i think it's just because i very i'm interested in so many different types of genres um so you know the first one is my political drama this one was a historical drama and the next one will be like a sci-fi drama um i think what i'd like to do is uh 
you know, Bruce is in jail. Uh, maybe he, he for ten years, and uh, uh, all the money that he's infused into Gotham has turned it into Blade Runner. Like, um, I remember watching the animated series, and like season one starts out, and characters are watching TVs with, in black and white, and then when Bruce is an old man in Batman Beyond, they literally have flying cars. It's like, whoa, that's like a two hundred year leap in technology, and <laughs> Bruce is sixty five. Like, how does that make sense? And the answer, it doesn't. You're not supposed to question it. But I thought, what if Bruce's money infused in the city actually gave Gotham like a massive upgrade? Um, and they don't quite have flying cars, but um, he gets out of jail and he doesn't recognize the city anymore because it looks like Batman Beyond. And the reason that they it grew so quickly was because of, of his fortune and the money he infused into it. And of course, the reason he has busted out of jail is because someone stole the batman beyond costume and he needs to figure this out um and i think one of the things i want to play with is i I think that he's still batman even it doesn't matter if everyone knows that he's bruce wayne it doesn't matter if he doesn't have any money it doesn't as long as he has like a grizzled attitude and some kind of bat-shaped costume he's batman yeah so i mean i I enjoyed taking everything away from him and curse because i still think like i don't think those are sacred cows necessarily i'm pretty sure it's still going to be a decent batman book even when everybody knows who he is, like it's the character doesn't change for me. Um, and one of the ideas I had was, you know, in the future, all the cops are like way more advanced than the most advanced Batman suit. So in order to stay off the grid, Bruce designs a bat suit that is low tech and it just hides his body signature. Like it doesn't have metal on it. It doesn't have any gizmos. It's just him basically. And the cops in the future, you know, it's like in uh, Demolition Man. They're all a bunch of pussies and they don't know how to do their jobs anymore. <laughs> murder, <laughs> and, murder, uh, death, kill. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good rat burger. Oh, uh, uh, rat? Oh, you see any cows around here? <laughs> you, see any, you see any cows? See any cows walking around here? <laughs> yeah, and in the future, like the cops are totally unprepared for a vigilante that's that's not showing up on camera. That's that they can't track down. He's on foot. I mean, he even goes on foot anymore, and uh, that's kind of how he stays ahead of everybody. I mean, keep in mind at this point, he'd be like a sixty-five-year-old man, but you know, he's Batman, so he's got some fight left in him. I love it. So, no matter what, even if you're not Bruce Wayne, you're Batman. Right. Like it's it's cool because uh, that's totally in an episode of uh, Batman Beyond when. Uh, I think it's a couple episodes in, and Terry, uh, Batman gets abducted, and I forget what happens, but um, oh, he's get he's there's a robot or is a clone? I can't remember. But then, but then, uh, how it's like how did you how did you know or how did you know that it was really you versus not? And he goes because I don't call myself Bruce in my own head. Oh he's yeah, like, what do you yeah. call yourself? And then he just kind of taps on his temple, and then ter- <laughs> Terry goes, Terry goes, well, that's actually me now. And Bruce is like, no, it's not. It won't ever be. So it's like, no matter what, like he's not Bruce Wayne. He's Batman. And even in his own head, he calls himself Batman. Yeah, because um, he's a he's a maniac. I mean, this is yeah. why. I mean, I made him. He's he's not the bad guy in my books, but he's not the White Knight in shining armor, so to speak. Yeah. Like he's he is one bad day away from being another super criminal. Period. But in a way, that's what makes him so awesome. That's what makes him so yeah. effective. Like, yeah, he's got flaws. He breaks bridges and you know shatters people's homes all the time and you know maybe he should be really careful about that but it doesn't mean we don't enjoy reading about it right there's um... now, go ahead robin okay i was just gonna say so 
you delved a little bit into what the future of Gotham is going to be, you know, after Bruce having gone to jail. And, you know, obviously anyone listening has already read the book. So final page, we get the reveal of Jason Todd. Uh, so obviously Jason is going to be instrumental in Bruce's future. Yes. But outside of this stuff, you know, people... Uh, everyone loves the Murphy verse as much as we do, the White Knight universe, whatever you want to call it. Now, we know that there are some other things that are coming up. You know, the, this story planted some seeds for, for Harley and the, the twins that she and Jack had. Right. Uh, we have stuff set up with Nightwing and Barbara, maybe Duke. Mm-hmm. Are you allowed or am I allowed to say anything about what's coming up or is that still under your hat? Uh, so I can't make an official announcement, but let me see if I can ride the line somehow here. <laughs> um, it would be silly of me not to do a Harley Quinn story, right? Oh, shit. Exactly. Uh, it, would, it would be silly not to do a Nightwing story with Batgirl in it. Um, it would be silly not to um, do a Neo-Joker story where she is with Ivy. Oh, shit. Um, and I also had the idea of doing a Jason Blood story where he's basically the Highlander, but I'm not sure anybody would read that except for me. <laughs> well, I'm into that, and I like I've even I wanted to pick your brain about some other things like uh, a Lafayette story. We could get more into Edmund and an expanded look at at what yeah. was happening in Gotham in those early days. I would love that. Yeah. I, um, uh, yeah, I mean, so I want to do all of those things eventually. I'm currently doing two of those things. And I mentioned, I think we mentioned about five. So I've got writers and artists uh, cranking out two books right now, um, as well as helping uh, working with Blake Northcott on the Catwoman book, which is not a White Knight book. Um, I do have an idea for Catwoman for White Knight as well, but that is probably not going to be something I work on until next year. Uh, but yeah, basically DC, uh, we don't use the word imprint, but they said, do you want to do some spinoffs of your book and you could just be like the manager of them? And I said, sure. So that's kind of what we're doing right now. Um, I would love it if my stuff, even if I wasn't writing and drawing it, I would love it if my books always ended up on the top 10 and I ended up becoming like a steady moneymaker for, for DC, like a, a good solid, like, oh, we can always count on Sean's books. Like that's, that's what I'd like to happen. I don't necessarily see myself as a manager of these things. Like I'm just not wired that way. Though, you know, with the way that Scott Snyder writes five books a month and is dealing with a handful of artists or writers at all times and, and artists like I, he's got, you know, spreadsheets on his walls and whiteboards and just, I, I'm not wired that way. Like I want to sit here and draw my book and kind of be left alone. If I can help a few books happen on the side without massively disrupting that, then I'm fine doing it. But like, I'll never be like a Jim Lee or a, uh, a, a Todd McFarlane. Not, no offense to those guys at all. Like, I'd rather, I see myself as more of a lone gun type of guy. But if I can help usher these other books in and make a little bit of money on the side and make readers happy, I'm happy to do it. But I, I never, I don't think it's going to take off in a massive way just because I don't want the, I don't have the output and I don't want to um, jeopardize the quality of it too. Like, if there were suddenly six White Knight books at once, like, I think that would be really bad, and I think people would get burned out really quickly. So I'd like to release this stuff slowly, carefully, and really get the best creators I can, the best writers and artists, and people that are good to their customers. (laughs) 
How dare well, you? So, so far, I like the. Uh, <laughs> I, I like that you work with people that you uh, you either know how they are or just know them. Uh, hopefully, for you know, maybe when this uh, Harley thing is coming around, um, maybe we can do uh, some sort of episode where we uh, help introduce the author of that one to our audience. Yes. Yes, that would be excellent. Would be I cool. was actually telling that author today that I'm I'm doing a, a podcast with Bat Force Radio, and I said, "Oh, I'm pretty sure that they're going to ask you to be on it next." So she was she was excited. Oh, oh, you you just said she. <laughs> yep. Oh, <no>. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Beep. I just narrowed uh, it down by five percent of the industry. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, uh, and how dare you, by the way, in, employ women? Like, obviously, um, that just shows your true colors, you asshole. I know. Um, I'm not, I'm not, you should, if you really respect women, you should let them make their own way, not try to white knight them, right? Disgusting. Uh, um, <laughs> Sean, real quick. Uh, well, there's so there's a guy on Instagram. He also has his own website, which is called AsrielOnline.net. Mm-hmm. Um, biggest fucking Asriel fan I've ever met. He's been like <laughs> literally just pumping out Asriel content for years. And when this, I mean, he and he loved White Knight. I think I know. When, I think I know his avatar. There yeah. you go. Well, I think you'd be very familiar with it. And um, the, what's funny is when this, I remember seeing or remember hearing you talk about who was going to be in the second edition, like he pretty much lost his mind. He was so happy because Azrael has been out of the comics for so long in a very important way. Yeah. So I had I had to ask him, hey, man, like we're having Sean back on. He's wrapping <laughs> up uh, the second part. Like, do you have any questions? And he probably gave me th- like three questions that are better than anything we've already asked you. Great. Um, but Let's you just... It. You just asked. You just answered. Kind of answered it a little bit, but um, <laughs> he asked. Uh, Since the Murphyverse is expanding, bringing in other uh, writers that you approve of, are you going to be the driving the general ideas of the stories? Or are you taking? Uh, uh, are you letting them take the reins and giving them free reign with specific criteria? So what I'd like to do is work with friends and people I trust, people I know, who I have good relationships with. I'd like to write a synopsis for a four to six issue miniseries and say here's what i want for the story here's where i think issue one two three four five six should end here's what i want for the finale um i would like you to stick to this but i also don't want to step on your toes as a creator if, if you find a better way to do things then do it like i don't want to micromanage anybody um so what i would do is write the bible for the book and do some sketches and provide covers and um trust the talent to take it where they see fit Cool. Yeah. Um, he asked another great question too. So, and that, this was something I was really interested in also because you just overall, the first one, white Knight in general, um, you definitely played with things that were kind of already existent in the Batman universe. Yeah. This one, you fucking went all mm. in and it is literally just your shit. And because it's your ship, you are burning that motherfucker down the way you want to. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so, um, you mentioned that, well, let me let me ask this. So John Paul Valley, mm-hmm. uh, his sort of loss of sanity uh, was kind of through PTSD. So he thinks that was brilliant. Um, it makes him more of a sympathetic character because of that. Right. What brought on that idea? What was the intent? Um, I uh, I got my inspiration from uh, Rambo First Blood. Damn. Yeah. Who does the Salone accent? Let's hear it. <clears throat> <laughs> they drew First Blood. <laughs> they drew uh, blood. Rambo, what do you think about uh, John Paul Valley's tactics in Gotham? Well, I, I gotta tell you, you know, um, 
<laughs> be honest with you, uh, I see a, I see myself a lot in him, and uh, I'm just driving through this town, minding my own business, trying to find my friend from the military. All of a sudden, he dies of cancer, and I got this guy on my back, you know, just because of the way I look and the way I dress, oh, man. you know. And what do you what do you expect me to do, man? What do you hey, topic Farland? What do you, you think about Asriel? <laughs> oh, I mean. Azrael's fucking cool, but I, obviously there's some inspiration that you took from somebody. I, I, I mean, he's got the he's got the cape, he's got the, you know, he's got the mask and all that. I mean, <laughs> you ought to put spot in your book, just ask Sean. Oh man, <laughs> what do you what do you think, Dan DeDio? <laughs> well, uh, gonna... you know, it's, uh, it's a funny story, you know. Uh, I wish I could cob it, but uh, as it turns out, I'm not really able to at this time. Uh, but if you ever want to come over and start something with me, then uh, I'm I'm all ears. <laughs> Oh man! All right, I'll leave you alone now. That was good. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, that was the best part of the episode, right there. Oh, Thanks for entertaining me for five minutes. Uh, yeah, something about uh, Azrael online there. Uh, one thing that I always appreciate because he he posts a lot about Curse of the White Knight. You know, every issue is coming up. He's posting about it, and the thing that I I, I don't want to say it surprised me, but it was refreshing to see someone who was that steadfast a fan of a particular character didn't just turn up their nose right. at uh, at a new take on and just say oh, this isn't as real like i like him and totally. you just yeah. shoot it down he, he he gave it a shot and and enjoyed it and that's yeah, very cool i was very very worried about that i thought um man i'm making him like 55 or 60 he's old i had him in vietnam honestly and my editor said he'd be too old. There's no way he'd pose a threat to Batman. And I'm like, yeah, but like Vietnam is the war that really broke soldiers. And I feel like that fits as real. Plus, you know, it fed into first blood. And, uh, they were like, no, no, no. We want him to be younger than Batman. And I'm like, I, I can't, man. Like I'll make him 55. Like, but I can't go any younger than that. Um, and then I made him sort of overweight, like still fit, still like a linebacker, still massive, but, He's got a little gut, like a lot of fifty-five-year-old guys. Yeah, yeah. Like I, guys. I think he yeah. had, he had the look of professional fighters when they get to that age. Like he, he has the physique of like Mark Coleman. Yeah, you know that's that, exactly that's, right. That's how he looks. So and in, uh, in the office, th- everyone was like, "Oh, Sean's doing a book with Fat Azrael. and I, I pull out the art. And I'm like, his shoulders are massive. His arms are huge. Like just because someone isn't drawn typical DC style six pack fit you just yeah, throw like that's so that's male shaming <laughs> yeah i was gonna say they're fat shaming you dude like they did <laughs> you know as someone who identifies with that body type i take offense to it because yeah, i'm happy to see you finally you know giving me representation exactly and you know if Ezreal wants to sniff a bunch of maple syrup every morning that's his right like you can right. come over here and fucking smell our money with me um <laughs> I, I think it added to the threat that Azrael possessed that he was, you know, but obviously he was still so giant that he was a physical force, but the fact that he was older and the cancer thing, uh, along with his delusion, you know, having this being on this mission, uh, having nothing to lose really made him that, you know, it made him dangerous. Yeah. It made a threat. My, uh, my, I think the reason why maybe it worked was because it felt like Azrael, the Azrael from the nineties, kept aging and this is about the age he would be anyway so i feel like a lot of readers who like asriel feel like they ca- got caught up with asriel and his older 
in his older years, so to speak. So I think in a way, like it kind of worked to my advantage. Um, but yeah, I, again, I thought people were going to turn on me because like he's too fat. He should have glasses and blonde hair and be a nerd. But I knew that he needed the God stuff in there. I knew he needed to be intense. And I knew I had to draw the connection between he is Batman, but even more so, I went further to say he is a Wayne and he's literally a Wayne. Um, and that was an idea I wasn't sure that they would go with. In fact, when I first pitched the idea that Bruce is not a Wayne, they said no. Um, and then they said, actually, you should totally do that because this is Elseworlds, kind of. So, yeah, go ahead. Like, we would never let you do this in the main line. But, yeah, try it out here. Sure, whatever, weirdo. <laughs> yeah, I know, but that's that's why that's why this series has been so – I mean, I, I was kidding, but I'm serious. The first one was great. I mean, first one was amazing. This one, though – I feel like it's like 100% you and like you're off your fucking rocker with all the, with all the, like you didn't let up, man. Like you didn't give us time to breathe at like any turn, you know? And that's what is so enjoyable about it is that you're creating a story that people aren't expecting with the main Batman title because of the main Batman title, you can't do this stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I want to do it in a way that feels like it's, it's still serious. Like it's still very much a familiar Gotham. It's not like everyone, is you know batman in space or batman as a cowboy like it's it's not too removed from the regular batman anyway i mean in a way it does what every batman movie does like every batman movie is basically elseworlds if you think about it um yeah. they take liberties they you know they make batgirl alfred's daughter whatever it is put nipples on the batman costume <laughs> Can um, kill the villain at the end yeah so um uncle alfred <laughs> um, yeah karate laundry Oh, that, yeah. This is what you didn't put in here was karate laundry. I was kind yeah, of love karate laundry. <laughs> um, but uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Fuck. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, one, one you thing you like didn't it. do, you didn't take the safe road. Like you, you could have looked at the success of White Knight and said, "Okay, people like this. I'm going to do this again for Volume Two." But you broke the mold and did really daring shit like that. I, I remember talking to you a little bit before the issue came out. Mm -hmm. uh, where Bruce finds out that he's not a Wayne and right. you were really saying, well, what, what do you, how do you think people are going to react to that? <laughs> yeah. And so uh, you, yeah, you're, you're clearly my... apprehensive, but one of you, you, one of you always reaches out to me at the yeah. most opportune time and you become <laughs> my like therapist. And I'm like, I'm secretly worried that people are going to turn on me. And someone else was like, uh, I, I asked like, did I put too much pirate stuff in there? Maybe people don't care about pirates. And one of you were like, no, I love, naval history i was like yeah naval history, naval history. <laughs> that sounds way better than pirates <laughs> naval and, history it's amazing uh, i work in a comic shop so i spend a lot of time talking to the people who are not the twitter crowd that you know you hear most voices from but the people who don't know people, what's Robin? happening exactly in the real uh, the, world what do you mean you people uh, the the people who don't even know what's happening on Twitter, they're the people that just go into comic shops and buy books and read them and, and tell you what they think of books and, you know, aren't concerned with uh, what the latest lynching is on Twitter. Uh, we need, like, Twitter for people that don't want to be on Twitter. I think that would be a good version of Twitter. I know it would get destroyed very quickly. <laughs> like, Twitter 2.0 and you could have, like, a pay a service. I don't know. Something to keep the, the trolls away, but... Yeah, man. We, no, we used to say that about Instagram, but really, Twitter is such a more toxic place, far yeah. more than Instagram is. Yeah, you know, because well, you can see, like, you. I mean, it's just people say whatever you can say whatever you want to somebody without any like repercussion. 
Yeah. I, I think part of Twitter is the retweet nature of it, you know, because you can say something shocking about a person and get, you know, 5,000 people to retweet it. And you're like, ah, look at how many people are sharing my name. Right. Yeah. Smelling yeah. your own fart. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it, it feels, I mean, cancel culture, like, it feels good to take someone down. It's like the finishing move in Mortal Kombat when you pull out someone's <laughs> spine. I mean, there's a bloodlust nature to it. And, um, but these are people's lives at stake and careers and you're digging into their savings and their kids college i mean you know i think people think of us sometimes as you know just fictional characters just like spider-man or batman but at the end of the day i mean you know even if i disagree with another creator i'm not going to go after them on twitter because these are still human beings and we still live in the same country we still have to get along you know sorry well, that side, if, if, side if that's the case uh if you guys are not superheroes why have i seen you in a spider-man costume <laughs> I know. Um, that's another go, story going back to what you said before yeah with with white knight like i i like that it's um anybody can die in white knight like the rules of most comics don't apply like Ooh, batman geez. could have killed Azrael at the end he didn't but because i've set up this topsy-turvy nature where you're not sure how far it's gonna go um like most comics are not going to kill Gordon and then kill the Joker and then Harley Quinn is going to kill the Joker. So and, Batman could have then, well lost his shit on Ezreal at the end. And Azrael Azrael had a huge body count in this story. He killed Jim Gordon, Bane, <laughs> Scarecrow, Croc, Baby Doll, Roxy Rocket, Two Face, Riddler. Riddler. Jesus, there there yeah. aren't many people left for for the White Knight universe. Baby well, Doll, infanticide, Sean. Really, I know. <laughs> I, so I swore that they were going to make me redraw that. Like, he's literally stabbing a child in the back. And I, I like, I sent in the art, and they're like, okay, no notes. All right, great. Did they see the panel? All right, I'm not going to say anything. It got <laughs> colored, and my color showed me, hey, man, did GC see this panel? I'm like, hey, they approved it. Just color it. All right. Fucking Go through it. Sledder. Yeah. And uh, I didn't see, I didn't get any outrage on that. Um, I mean, I guess she's like 30 year old, 30 years old or something, right? Yeah, she's like yeah, uh, she's like, got that, a like that girl that uh, the people on TV uh, adopted and then found out she was like thirty. Oh my is god, that a, is that a real thing? Yeah, yeah. does she yeah, smell like crazy. maple syrup? Uh, I believe <laughs> that was the the <laughs> way that she tricked them into uh, adopting her. I she, was, I thought she, she smelled like cabbage. <laughs> she's she's <all> sticky <laughs> and you know she's clearly a kid. <laughs> yeah, man, oh, I'm really glad you guys liked it because I, yeah. I um. I felt I liked the first I liked volume one a lot, but there were some problems I had with it. Like I wish that I had more time to do the Mr. Freeze stuff or I wish I had cut it out completely. Honestly, the freeze stuff was so jammed in, but I never thought I was going to get another chance to write Batman again. So I threw everything at the wall um, with this one. I feel like uh, it's paced a lot better. It's not as crammed and packed as the first one is. Um, I wish that I had more Asriel like talking and relating to his friends. Like I had a whole idea for, to do like a flashback in Carmangle Valley where he was like saving soldiers left and right. Like the guy's a war hero and I really would have loved to have shown that to make him more empathetic. But because of um, the stuff I needed to cut out, like all you get is like a brief suggestion that he was that guy, you know? Mm. But hopefully like with his cancer and the way that he, carries himself like you can kind of see that he's a broken soul like he's more complicated than just a serial killer but yeah i mean yeah he murdered a whole lot of people and um for volume three when when bruce gets out i think that's one of the horrible realizations is he's gonna have is Azrael did more for gotham than he ever did 
um, in a really brutal, disgusting way, of course. But would this new Gotham be possible without Asriel, like falling on his sword to do that, so to speak? And that's something that Bruce is going to have to live with. Mm. Bum bum bum. I also, oh, you know, is, is that like a Dark Knight Returns type deal? What's that? The the volume three. I mean. You basically um, in these first two volumes you broke you took away Alfred Gordon you broke Bruce down and now volume three he's gonna get out. Yeah, yeah, I guess you could see it as a uh, Dark Knight Returns. I guess yeah, there was a kind of a sci-fi element to that too, wasn't there? I'll have to reread that and make sure I don't uh, retread any of that ground. Some crazy stuff though. That uh, I mean, it's a really cool concept of. I mean, ten years in jail is no joke, especially when you're Bruce Wayne and there's probably people in there who fucking hate you. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a scene where, like, there's a massive frawl in the cafeteria, people beating the shit out of each other, and suddenly everything stops as Bruce Wayne appears with his, like, tray of food, and he slowly Mm -hmm. walks all alone through these people covered in blood, and they just, like, let him walk through without disturbing him. He sits down alone by himself, and then the brawl continues. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Like, they're so terrified of him, or, you know, he's helping put down prison riots or saving Jason Todd, or I'm not really sure yet. Yeah, it's cool. It's still kind of in the uh, in the in the idea phase. Yeah. Can we talk about the '89 uh, Batmobile turning into a boat? Because that's Fuck, the real man. reason. Oh, that that's was... the real reason I drew this, this series. When when I saw the button, like the there was a, a panel <laughs> yeah. where he's in the car and he presses the button to to shoot the wire at Azrael. Yeah. and it says "boop." I like that. It says "boop," like you boop uh, your dog on the nose. Yeah. Uh, but one of the buttons said "boat." Uh, boat. <laughs> Are we going to see a boat? And then we saw a boat. Oh, yeah. It's a good thing he didn't accidentally hit the boat button. (laughs) Oh, shit. No, he would have been fucked. But I love love the uh, right before that. Or is it before or is it? No, it's after it's already a boat. When he's fighting Azrael in the suit and he traps his his helmet on it by saying, shields. So I was so afraid. I did not know how to draw that at first. Because, like, how do you draw that? Like, clink, 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 clink. You know what I mean? Like, you kind of need... The, the the movie to show the motion of what's going on there so i wasn't sure how if i could like convey that clearly and there's a lot of my readers who have not seen batman 89 so they they figured bruce has some kind of he, he tricked him somehow but they don't actually get that nostalgia that, that we get no, it's i heard i heard the voice i heard keaton's voice and i heard the the shields come up as it was in the panel <laughs> yeah same when, thing um, yeah i be because I grew up watching that movie over and over again. I, I heard the sounds of the shields going up uh, as I read that panel. There was a, uh, a toy. You remember Mask back from the 80s? Yeah. Yep. There was a toy that was um, the Corvette. It was black. And you hit a button, and the front of the hood flipped over, just yes. like the Batman did. And the wheels came up, and it was like one of my favorite toys that I owned as a kid. Um, I'm kind of hoping that they re-release a Batman 89 car with a boat feature because if you flip the hood over, it does have like a very convenient boat shape to it very naturally. Um, it was a pain in the ass to like figure out how to configure it. Like I had a model here and I had to flip it upside down to draw the front of it and then, you know, kind of play around with it. But, um, you do is buy a car that the front can turn around and turn into a boat. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You're just going to have to build it to scale, Sean. Sorry. Yeah, yeah you're right. I'm going to have to start with a cardboard model, I guess. <laughs> yep. There was but, a yeah, no, man, yeah. In, in book seven where uh, Bruce says the 89 Batman, that's the, the last card left. And that was his favorite <laughs> one. 
Yeah. Yeah. I almost cut that line out, but I thought of you guys, and I'm like, no. Oh yes. Bath Force Rating would really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and, I know that uh, you're you're not selling the art just yet because of all the shit that just hit the fan, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, you... uh, if, if anyone's interested, we can, um, you know, you can contact my dealer. But it just seems like the <clears> wrong <throat> time to put really crazy price artwork on the market right now. You know. Well, it's really nice of you to think of other people, but I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll contact <laughs> Jeff. So I'll, I'll be, I'll be sending yeah. messages to Jeff. Uh, an, another we thing, a, uh, we have a buyer from France who might buy the whole thing. So if you do well, that, tell, you might wanna... what's? How do you say "fuck off" in France? In French, <laughs> <laughs> I think they understand that. It's <laughs> 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 "fuck off." <laughs> yeah. Why don't you uh, eat some corn? <laughs> corn is for the chickens. <laughs> another thing that uh, you've done in light of the current situation is uh, I I know that you're planning to delay the Indiegogo for a while uh, for yeah. your creator-owned book as well. Yeah, you know, I um, I whatever I draw is probably going to end up being published in Image. It's probably going to go to my you know French publisher. I mean, it's sort of inevitable. So what I wanted to try to do was do that in reverse. So normally I do image first and then I lose a piece to uh, France and then, you know, we do like a trophy case edition or whatever. So I thought, well, why don't I just skip to the end, um, do a special edition for my backers and then I'll go to France and deplete, you know, the European market and then I'll go to image. Um, it's kind of my thinking was sort of do this all in reverse and make money on the same thing three times. Now I'm not, I'm not going to ask for a lot for the book, probably just printing costs because it just doesn't look good when someone like me is like, I need $500,000 to make this book happen, you know? <laughs> um, so when the coronavirus started happening, I was like, Oh shit, am I going to have to delay this? Like, is it a bad look to be asking for money right now? Like, even if I only ask for a dollar and I end up getting 500,000, that's just, people are going to, Twitter's going to be on fire again. And then, Money and bags Murphy. <laughs> I <know. laughs> so I, I, I talked to Jimmy Palmiotti and a couple other people, and I was like, you know, maybe this is the perfect time to kickstart. Maybe people are at home right now, and they'd love to get involved in something like this, and, you know, they're saving money. Like right now, people thought they would be spending money on comics and conventions, but all that money is just sitting there. But then again, they're not able to buy toilet paper, so... I kind of did some math back and forth, and I decided uh, I'll just wait until most of it's freaking done anyway, and I'll have a hell of a you know piece to show when it, when it comes time to uh, run the Indiegogo. That's kind of the plan for now. I mean, hopefully the virus stuff ends sooner than later. You're a good man for thinking of other people. Oh, come on. Not really. Give me a break. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter will have you think otherwise, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Twitter. You know, it was fun for a while. I really, there was a time when Twitter made a lot of sense when your readers could really get to know you and you could find funny, clever ways to write these quips and, you know, take, push the boundaries a little bit, make a off color joke a little bit every now and then. And people would mostly give you the benefit of the doubt. But I don't know at this point, it's just like, hunting season on sean murphy and i just decided i i don't think i need this anymore so it was yeah i almost deleted my account but then i feel like then they would have won um and my wife was like well listen you've got you know sixty-five thousand followers you spent years you know building this thing you don't want to just throw it away just so what i do now is i i've handed over my account to jeff my assistant 
and uh, I'm locked out of it. I don't have the password, nothing. So I can't even check Twitter anymore, which is great because I've gotten a lot of my life back, actually. It's good. But yeah, I mean, even when I step in and like where I was at the airport uh, the other day or last a few weeks ago and I asked Jeff for the password and I logged in, I answered questions. Even then I managed to answer something the wrong way and get people mm-hmm. all pissed off. And I got on a plane and I landed and I checked my account again and like shit was blowing up. And I'm like, I, you know what? I'm just not good at communicating on this forum anymore. <laughs> yeah. You can't really fuck up too much on Instagram. Yeah, I love it. Instagram's great, man. It's mostly positive. Post a picture, leave a caption, and yeah. set it and forget it. Yep. Yep. I mean, I uh, did that, and I uh, I did a, I forget what it's called, like a, you know, those quick little movies at the top that go away in 24 hours? Uh, live. Or yeah. uh, uh, stories. I did one of those, and I answered a bunch of questions, and people were screenshotting it and putting it on Twitter, and I saw people oh, fighting Jesus. about it on Twitter. Oh, God. <laughs> Twitter's watching everywhere. Jesus. Eh, yeah, there's like always someone under a rock just waiting for you to trip up, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I remember Brian Edward Hill was really, really good at Twitter, and he and I were, would chat a lot and compare notes because we both would try to sort of be more open to both sides if we could. Um, yeah, I don't know how he's doing it anymore, but I just found it to be a losing battle. He He is like... I don't know how he has the time or how he does it, but that guy puts so much, like, he really spends time interacting with people. And, yeah. I mean, if you have the the time and ability to do it, like, I mean, I think you have to set aside time yeah. to to be that um, interactive. But, I mean, every time I ever see a post of his where he posts something, it's like fucking 45 comments within, like, two minutes, you know? Right, and it's like he's he's doing it the right way, and and he's making it work the way he he, he makes it work. So yeah, we and, love and him. He too, says like inspirational on. things, and uh, yeah. and if you've ever heard Brian speak, you know how smooth he sounds. So when I read his tweets, like I read them in his voice. Right, Dude, he's yeah. got the craziest Obama impression. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> I've never heard him speak, but I, I can imagine, man. No, I, got, I admire what he does. Yeah, Spot I should pay him, him to do my tweets for me. There yeah, you, you should market for that. Honestly, if, if DC hired an employee and they said, this employee will handle your Twitter for you, and uh, you can tell the employee what kinds of stuff you want to say, but mostly we'll handle your you know, publicity stuff and blah, 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 I would totally be on board with that. I'm like, great, fucking take it, whatever, like, just <laughs> sign me up. <laughs> and, and sign me up for, uh, for the person that'll do impressions of me on podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Amen. Well, we covered uh, the closure of White Knight, our yeah. Curse of the White Knight. We covered uh, some of what people can expect in the future, your Indiegogo, what's coming up in Catwoman with Blake Northcott and Kian Tormey. Uh, any uh, any other thoughts you want to leave with people? No. Um, you know what? You, I was thinking of questions I could ask you guys because I always feel oh. like uh, interviewers never get to answer their own questions. So I'm curious. Um, anybody can answer this. What? Do you think uh, most po- – what was the surprising thing you learned when you got into podcasting? Like the thing that stood out to you that was maybe harder than you thought or more tricky or – I think this is going to sound um, a little conceited, but how good we are at it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it sounds like – it sounds conceited as fuck, but I think like um, there's – 
on a rotating basis, there's eight of us that rotate in and out of right. interviews and, and episodes. I, I see what you did there with your little in and out reference. There you go. That's <laughs> what, that's, I was I was waiting to see how I can fit into the episode. <laughs> but um, no, I, I feel like I think what it is, is that we we formed friendships uh, a couple of years before we maybe a year before we even started podcasting. And we never we didn't start podcasting because we wanted to interview like talent or um, like promote. We literally just we would we we all started uh, like clicking on like direct message and and because we're like collectors and then we were fucking so fu- like we were laughing at each other so much off the stupid shit that we were saying in the DM that we were like hey we should get on Skype and just talk like like hear our- ourselves. And then we did. We got on Skype and we would talk, and it was just, it would be an hour, two hours, just laughing our asses off, <laughs> just like talking shit. And then after a while, we were like, we've done about four or five Skypes, and we we're like, we should record this shit. We should do a podcast. It took a while. It probably took about after after we started talking to each other on Skype, it took us maybe I don't know, at least like four to five, maybe six months right. before we started recording them. And then we would record like. We would record ourselves, but we we like would never put it out. We had like there's probably four or five episodes that are just like lost episodes that we never put out, and then right. we finally decided to get serious and like have like some sort of a format. Right. And then even then, it was just like we talked about what we liked, we laughed yeah. a lot, and then just by chance, you know, we started getting the this big audience that were actually listening, and we were like, hey, maybe we should try to like talk to people. Maybe we should interview people, <laughs> and yeah. so. Uh, we kind of Robin got really serious about that as far as seeking out and uh, get making connections with possible guests. We stumbled, the, we kind of fell ass backwards into the first couple. Yeah. And then, once yeah, well, we got... I, I, I like to say that we Mr. Magooed our way through all of this. Yeah. Like shit just fell into place. At, at one point, but like this was years ago, uh, we had Paul Dini and his wife on for like three hours. Yeah. Wow. And, and, the fact and we, Paul Dini was doing impressions of our accents and voices, like <laughs> after about two hours, and that was like we like got something here, like we're fucking shooting the shit with Paul Dini. Yeah. So that's yeah, great. I mean that what I I think that's at least what I think is like, um, it's not fun unless you unless it's it's coming from a place that you're you don't do it because you have to or you need to. We're doing it because it's fun, you know. Uh, one just, thing that surprised me. Uh is that we're not the only ones who have uh, technical difficulties issues. Uh, I, I love hearing that other people do too. Like, uh, I remember Scott had started doing his, uh, Scott Snyder was doing his, that, his YouTube oh, videos. Uh-huh. Like, Scott's always been amazing to us too. And I know, I think you were Scott's first guest. And yeah. Scott told me that you guys recorded that three times. At least. Because yeah. it wasn't recording the audio. Yeah. Dude, we did this that happened to the exact same thing happened to us once. I think we were reviewing we were reviewing like four or five comics and we literally did it three times in a row. Yeah. Oh, and then we had we had I think we've done two episodes that Gramps was recording and he had an issue that he couldn't detect with his microphone. His system wasn't picking up his microphone. So we would have like a full recorded, you know, hour and a half, two hour episode that didn't have anything he said. Oh, so he no. spent yeah. the next week going through the episode and remembering what he might have been <laughs> saying during this oh, period God. of silence, re- wow. re-recording it, and then splicing it into that 
that to that is part. some serial killer <laughs> yeah. shit right there. He did ADR. <laughs> ADR is on podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it wasn't like he was just kind of commenting. Like, he was the fucking host of those episodes. Oh, yeah. wow. So he had to, like, remember all these pointed questions. All right. Yeah. It's, you know, it's tricky, too, because I think the trick is learning not to talk. Because some of you will sit there and just listen to me or to Robin speak for 15 me. minutes without getting to say anything. <laughs> and it's, I mean, you're not, we're not ego driven in that we need to hear our own voices and express our opinions. Like we're happy to, this is basically a band. You have the guitarist, you have the drummer and everyone has their place. And sometimes the band doesn't need you and you just sit it out. And I think there's like a natural instinct that you guys have for that. And you're not trying to talk all over each other, you know? I'm That's the guy totally doing coke off stage. <laughs> <laughs> that's totally me i hate jumping out <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah, what it's... are um no sorry go ahead no yeah yeah go ahead what are some what is a batman book that you would love to see that has never happened maybe one that you've heard about or an idea that was floating around and you were excited but it just never materialized oh man oh. okay well uh the the first thing that I, I can't say who this was that was going to work on this. Scott Snyder, go ahead. Uh, no, I actually wasn't. <laughs> um, but there was, I can say this much, there was a black label book that Libra Mayo wanted to do with a very cool name that, uh, as of yet at least, hasn't been able to happen. But I'm really hoping that, that we could see that happen because that would be something really special. Yeah, I don't think Dick Batman's going to happen as much as I'd love to see that. <laughs> nice average size penis Batman, maybe? It's about <laughs> Dick Grayson, you guys, not about penises. Right. Right. <laughs> what about uh, the other two guys here? The So something um, that, I, I mean, it's happened before. You know, like a, I got the inspiration from my, making it sound like it's my fucking idea. So um, uh, Darren, Arnofs Darren Arnofsky wrote the script for that Noah movie that um russell crowe started in as noah all oh, right and yeah. so obviously you know with with writing even with comics and even with movie scripts like there's multiple drafts or you know you have ideas to begin with and then it ends probably something close to what you started with mm -hmm. um but he took his original i think it was one of the one of the final drafts that didn't have it that had more in it right. and he turned that into a graphic novel and so i saw the movie but i read the graphic novel before i saw the movie and the graphic novel was fucking awesome. Um, right. huh. So so I think, like, like maybe, like, movie ideas that never come to fruition. I would love to see. Have you ever, like, seen the the the, uh, the art that Arnofsky was supposed to do for, like, a year one, like, type movie? No. So he was, him and Frank Miller were going to write year one. And, uh, it, but but they took liberties. It wasn't, like, Frank Miller's year one, even though they, he was involved with writing it. Um, like, Alfred was going to be a mechanic. And uh, Batman was, I like <laughs> huh? I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so Alfred was a mechanic that that like Batman like befriend. Like at one point, like Batman is like after the death of his parents, he like becomes like a drug addict, and then he come he gets clean, and then he like stumbles into Alfred's garage, and like Alfred cleans him up, and then oh, that's man. how that's how what he a, like becomes Batman. It's online. Dude. Like, you yeah, can that's... you can read yeah. you can read the script, and so the thing is is like. I'm reading the script and looking at there's even um, there's even artwork that that he submitted with it and it was denied. But I'm like, fuck, man, if 
but how many Batman scripts that never got turned into movies are there out there that could be amazing graphic novels? And the most right. recent one that I would love, um, Zack Snyder, obviously, he did Batman vs. Superman. Then he did Justice League. They hacked the shit up. I mean, they took Justice League and they just chopped it up, man. Like, they they chopped it up. They reshot it. Uh, they brought all the actors back to refilm like, 65 to 70% of the scenes. Mm-hmm. And they put out a completely different movie. So his version is still out there. Uh, but that never got completed. So there's a script. There's, like, a rough cut of it. And I'm like, dude, just let him do a fucking graphic novel out of it. Like, just do a graphic right. novel. So yeah. many people would buy that out of curiosity and because of uh, loyalty. And um, right. that would be awesome. Is like ho- failed Hollywood scripts that right. get turned into graphic novels. Well, on, on that point, uh, I, I would love to see Ben Affleck's because Jay Oliva, who's right. you know, ran all the DC animated stuff for years, uh, read Ben's script and said that was it was the best Batman script he had ever read. His original, the Batman. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But yeah, I mean, check that out, dude. Like, so you've yeah. never you've never read that that year one script that Frank no. Miller and Arnofsky wrote? No, man. Like, go you just Google it. Google Darren Arnofsky year one script. the The whole script is online, and like, imagine you reading the script and doing it as a graphic novel. Oh yeah, I actually had a Batman um, car story, like Batman Mad Max, where he was uh, part of a gang and yeah. his parents were gang members and. Superman is in it, and Batman rides like a chopper. Superman rides like a wimpy rice rocket, and you know they have to get along and go through all these villains, killing these motorcycle uh, captains or whatever. So Mister Freeze would ride like a snowmobile. Clayface would have a dirt bike, and it would be like Kill Bill basically. Um, but no, that sounds right up my alley. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, did you ever? Did you ever plot that out? That story? I did, and I pitched it. This is when I realized that. Um, it's going to be an uphill battle to get be able to write Batman because people weren't taking me seriously. Um, even after Punk Rock Jesus, nobody came to me and said, we think you should write Batman. Let's make it easy for you to come up with a script. Let's push it. Let's do this, that. Like It was resistance the whole way. And it's not by design. It's just that you know, you're an overworked, underpaid editor, swamped with work. Uh, most artists who try to write don't do a good job uh and the books don't sell um so when here i am you know even with punk rock jesus being a new york times bestseller they still didn't see it i had to still like approach them and fight for it and agree to do other books i didn't want to do in order to get my own book and yeah i mean it's just they're not wired that way you know it's like an assembly line and the artist skipping from one position to the other is just something that they have a hard time understanding it's kind of not their fault i mean I feel like they should know some of these writers or some of these artists seem naturally gifted to write like, um, uh, who's the guy at DC right now who did, uh, the wonder woman black label. What's his name? Daniel Warren. Yeah. Daniel Warren Johnson. Like clearly that guy should be writing his own stuff as well. That story's or, fucking uh, great. But Jeff Lemire for, you know, like yeah. 10 years ago, whatever, you know, but for me it was, it was never that easy. Like they never just opened the gate and said, clearly you're a writer here. You should write your own Batman. Like, uh-uh. It was like, no, you're more valuable with Scott. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I saw recently um, George Miller's Batman. Oh, the uh, Justice League Immortal. Yeah. Is that what that was? The, just the cowl? So, no, he... Yeah. So, yeah, that's the Army Hammer Batman cowl. Okay. So, he huh. was... Did you, Do you know the story behind that? No, no, no. So, right before they did Batman... I think it was Batman Begins. 
right before they did Batman Begins, they wanted to do a Justice League movie. So Army Hammer was going to play Bruce Wayne Batman. Um, who's the kid from the OC? Uh, that Adam, Adam Brody. Adam Brody was going to be Flash, this uh, the, uh, a supermodel who was actually in the new Mad Max movie with George, uh, uh, what's his name, was going to be Wonder Woman. Uh, Superman was going to be played by a guy that ended up being in Shazam. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they had the entire cast ready to go. They had locations set in Australia. They had production already started. They had scripts written. They yeah, had they sets were in built. Australia. They were like in the, Australia. The they were costumes. days away. Yeah. Wow. Days days away from filming. And uh, I don't know if Batman Begins had already hit the theater or what this thing was, but they saw what Batman Begins was going to do and what it was going to become. Mm-hmm. So they decided to just give all the control to Chris, uh, what's his name? Christopher Nolan. Like they just kind of basically took all the, okay, we were going to do this Justice League movie, but fuck, mm-hmm. look at this Batman movie that's coming out. Why don't we maybe just kind of go with that and let him have his own right. trilogy? So they completely, right. completely shut down production and canceled everything. Oh, that's heartbreaking. But yeah, it, and then they, um, Kevin Smith interviewed uh, Adam Brody, and he they he had him break down like the whole script that he had mm-hmm. known that he had read, and it sounded like a lot of it was going to be uh, influenced by uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, mm-hmm. um, which was so it was going to be like a Flash centered Justice League movie, right. and um, Flash basically like saves the day by going back in time, you know, to save somebody from dying essentially. And the way that they were uh, planning to visualize the Speed Force, like there's, there was a scene where Flash has the discussion with uh, John Stewart, Green Lantern, not the right. TV host, uh, about what it, he asks, John asks him what it's like when he's, when he's tapping into the Speed Force, and he describes it as uh, a gallery of statues. Mm-hmm. And that's right. how they were going to to show it so like we wouldn't it it sounds like it wasn't going to be the blur that we're used to seeing in in movies it was going to be you know we see him moving through a gallery of statues right just like like a guy jogging and everything's paused yeah Yeah. right huh that's that's cool cheaper to do than the others oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) wow that's crazy. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, even if like, that stuff was there, like, would it have made it to the film though? Like, who's to say that the suits wouldn't have come in and wrecked it or right. changed it? Like, no, 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 we need some electricity oh. here. Can you blur his feet a little bit? What, right. One cool thing was, where are you, Rob Liefeld? Go blur the feet. Uh, <laughs> one of the cool things was that there was going to be something catastrophic that happens in the movie because the early part of the movie. Army Hammer was going to be like a normal looking Batman, but in the second half of the movie, he was going to have the exo suit thing that uh, that Bruce wears in Kingdom, Kingdom Come. Wow, so that's cool. This, yeah, I need to find, was going a lot of places. Kingdom Come in there, that'd be that'd be huge. Hey, I'm curious. This is the Snyder Cut. I've never really understood what this was and what the outrage was, and I see it online a lot, and people are tagging me like, "Don't you think they should release the Snyder Cut?" <laughs> Like me, yeah. I just kind of say over that. What the hell is that? And let me roll my the types roll of my people up here. Like, give, give me the abridged version. But it seems like a lot of the people that want the Snyder cut are like Snyder apologists or defenders. They're, or they're cultists. Well, there's okay. so here's the thing. Um, there's a very hardcore Zack Snyder fan base that uh-huh. they're the type of guys that only watch Zack Snyder movies. They only care about his version of. 
uh, those characters. They don't want to see any other version of Batman because Zack Snyder is God, right? Okay. Um, there's there's us who, yeah, man, we, we'd love to see what he does. We'd love to see what kind of things <coughs> he was supposed to create. But at the same time, like, I'm not going to fucking stop reading comics. I'm not going to stop watching other Batman movies. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, so there's this crazy, like, cultist kind of group on Twitter specifically that are probably tagging you in a bunch of shit. <laughs> yeah. the, re the reason they're all upset is because um, he did Batman vs. Superman. Uh, once, once he did Batman vs. Superman, he was commissioned by DC as directors are. Okay, let's do a, we're going to do a sequel. What's your vision? He gave them a rundown of his vision of what he wanted to do. They approved it. So he did Batman vs. Superman. Batman vs. Superman wasn't really the, didn't go over too well with critics. Mm -hmm. uh, it definitely, you know, divided fans, whether they liked it or not. Um, the box office, it made a shit ton of money. It made over a hundred, eight hundred million dollars, you know, mm -hmm. so okay. it made money, um, almost a billion. Um, so DC decided to continue on like, all right, well, we made almost a billion dollars. I know this is splitting the room in half, but fuck it. We need money. Right. At the right. time, like you said, the DC suits were working against the clock because they knew that there may be a change of power and they were probably going to get, if they do get fired, if they didn't complete that movie in a specific amount of time, they wouldn't get their Christmas bonuses for putting out a product that, that made a bunch of money at the, at the box office. Mm -hmm. So what ended up happening is tragically in the middle of it all, Zack Snyder, he completes like a rough cut of the movie. He films everything he wants to film. There's still VFX that he needs to shoot, but he has a three, three and a half hour version of this movie that he that he shows to Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers watches it and they're kind of like, mm, okay, well, we have notes, so let's work on that, right? He goes back. He's gonna start finishing off what he needed to. His uh, one of his daughters, who I believe is like around the age of 20, 21, commits right. suicide. Right. So his daughter commits suicide tragically. Um, at first, he was gonna try to just kind of like work through it by using this gig as a way to kind of like pretty much like distract himself from this fucking horrific event. Uh -huh. And then about a month in after she had passed away, I, I think it was just too much for him. The stress of getting notes from the studio, them saying that this tone isn't working. We don't really like the direction it's going. Can we change shit? I think he got fed up with that. And also just like his, he couldn't handle the loss of his daughter. So he stepped away. He's like, I'm not going to be able to finish this. Like if you give me time, I'll do it. But if not, like I can't finish it. So right. he literally stepped away. Um, DC, from what people say, they don't know shit. No one knows what really fucking happened. Mm -hmm. But what the timeline of events shows, after he, after his daughter dies, after he steps away, uh, Joss Whedon gets hired to, quote-unquote, finish his vision. You know, The reality is Joss Whedon comes in, rewrites almost all the script that he wrote. Or Chris mm -hmm. Terrio. Chris Terrio wrote. So he rewrites a lot of the script that Chris Terrio wrote, cuts... All this shit that Zach had already filmed, I would say probably cut about 60% of the footage that Zach filmed. He They call back all the actors to reshoot like a third of the movie, maybe more. That's why Henry Cavill still had a mustache because he was right. filming Mission Impossible. That's yeah. a fucking nightmare because Warner Brothers is like, hey, man, can you shave that? Paramount will not let him shave it because he's under contract for Mission Impossible. They're like, no. Mm -hmm. He's, he needs that for the movie. And right. uh, WB offered, they said, look, let him shave it off so we can do our reshoots, and then we will pay for him to have a CGI'd mustache 
in your movie because it's a lot easier to draw on a mustache than it is to restructure a lip. Right. Mm-hmm. They said no. They. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's paramount. They don't want to see Warner Brothers make a bigger hit than they do. Right. So, so they're like, "Fuck you! No, we're in charge. We're not going to let you do that." So, Paramount puts their big dick on the table, says no. Um, so then Warner Brothers just goes ahead, reshoots all the Superman stuff with his mustache. They completely change that arc. He had a different arc from what Zack Snyder says. They they just they change a lot of the shit. They add in a bunch of shit, and then they put out the movie. The movie comes out, and it the tone is just way off. The tone from Batman vs Superman, which was really dark and gritty compared to Justice League, which is, like, puffed up and silly and funny and bright. Avengers. They they yeah. brought in Joss to Avengers that, to the extent that he reused a gag from Avengers. Yeah, right. so th- it's just a jarring contrast from Batman vs. Superman to Justice League. It's, def- it's, it's obvious that it's not the same guy who made that movie, so they put the movie out. It does horribly in the box office. It gets torn up by critics. Uh, fucking Ben Affleck goes on a he he uh <laughs> Ben Affleck fucking falls off the wagon and he starts drinking again. Um he starts getting asked in interviews left and right what's next or what Batman movie are you gonna write? He decides fuck this man I'm an alcoholic my marriage is falling apart I can't be Batman anymore. This shit is literally the worst time of my life. He quits Batman he gives up the director's chair to the Batman he he won't write the script anymore. He's not even involved in it. Now Robert Pattinson is going to be Batman in that movie. So all this shit starts coming out in the media because Zack Snyder um, hosted this uh, panel that he was trying to raise money for his old alma mater film school. Mm-hmm. And he hosted a Q&A. And at the Q&A, people were asking all sorts of questions about it. And he was answering very candidly. People found out how much of a difference the two movies were. And now there's this online campaign for people to want to see it now. They they want the Justice League or they want the Zack Snyder version of Justice League to come out, which right. is going to it's going to take Warner Brothers number 1 to admit that what they did was not what they intended to to begin with. And then number 2, like how the fuck do you release a movie that um everyone says it's it's finished, but Zack Snyder himself says there's still VFX that he has to add on, so who knows how much money that's going to cost? Huh. It's just crazy, man. Like imagine right. imagine you uh imagine you did white knight and then you're writing curse and you finish writing curse and uh, you hand in you know the the main plot and all your sketches or whatever and then you say you know what i can't finish it um i gotta step back and then dc decides to have uh somebody else come in and write it and then use and like kind of do your art kind of like they they kind of like do a version of your artwork right and they put that out as curse and then we read it and we're like what the fuck like Right. Jean-Paul Valley was not supposed to have a man bun. Like, <laughs> what? Why is why is Jean-Paul Valley like you know right. why is why is he smiling? Why is he like making jokes? You know, um, Plus, where's uh, Zach has been Zach has been putting out pictures from you know his his cut, and then he's got the actors behind him on top. Of yeah, he, he's been fanning the flames of it because yeah, he's got he started his own uh, social media uh, app called Vero. Uh huh. And he's on there, and he releases all these um, behind-the-scenes uh, shots of stills from from the from his version. And so he keeps showing all these unseen fo- uh, photographs of characters and and scenes that aren't in the the theatrical version. So it just eggs on this, like yeah. you know, it just eggs on the Twitter sphere of wanting it more and more. So. Oh I mean, it's, man, it's great. The, 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 the current the current rumor now is that. 
the Snyder Cut is going to be completed and it's going to go to HBO Max, where there is also that rumor going around uh, about WB wanting to adapt White Knight. Oh, that yeah. Have you seen that? You saw that. You you I tweeted did, it. Yeah. yeah. So I, just, yeah I... just to give you a heads up, the website <laughs> that you retweeted, it's got it's called the We Got This Covered. Yeah. They're a bullshit site. I figured. So they make up rumors, <laughs> but I like that one. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, I, I've never, cool. I haven't heard anything about that. I, I thought it was interesting to get people talking, maybe. Hey, oh, you yeah. want to put Matt Damon in as Joker? I, that's <laughs> unusual, but fine. I don't care. <laughs> no, and, Yeah, and no, I know when, they're probably bullshit. But, but to be honest, like, if they're making movies, like, that's the thing, too, is it's such a weird time for these movies because they just made Joker, which made a billion dollars. Yeah. And Joker is not supposed to be tied to anything. It's supposed to be a one shot. So, like, what do you do with that now? It just made a billion fucking dollars. Like, yeah. you can't just if you're Warner Brothers and you want to make money, do you leave that alone? Like, I if mean, you're... yeah. So if they, so you're right, because I hear what you're saying. Um, if they came to me and they said you want to do a White Knight movie, and let's say I had the power to to hire who I wanted, I'd say I love Joaquin Phoenix, but. I need a Joker that's like been established for a while. I don't think Joaquin Phoenix as White Knight makes sense because he just became the Joker. You right. don't want him to be. I mean, there's, there's a history there. So I'd say if you're gonna cast someone, cast Jared Leto, and do right. like a alternate. I don't know. Like it's yeah. tethered to that reality somehow, and you have Margot Robbie in it as the new Harley, and then you get someone else to be the old Harley. I think I said like Elizabeth Banks at one point. Um, and have it be, uh, um, I don't know. <laughs> I, sorry, I forget his name. The guy from Twilight. Robert Pattinson. Or someone, I don't even know. I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's a hell of a question right now. Because like I would bet with all the buzz around Joker that Warner Brothers is aware of my book. And they're like, oh, this is really interesting. We get to work in two Harleys. This kind of like fixes Harley from the movies in a way we get to use all these old batmobiles like imagine if we release these trailers with the bat and the 89 batmobile are you kidding me but like how do you make it make sense in mm-hmm. the pile of mayhem <laughs> that they've accidentally created right. i have no idea honestly yeah. i will say that i think comic uh movie viewers aren't picky anymore like back in the 80s they would need like why is this coming out after this that doesn't make any sense People are aware. They play Batman video games. They, you know, read the books. Like they don't. You, I think, already audiences are smart enough to know a, a twist on a different take. It's not that big of a leap of faith anymore. You know, if you want to have Jared Leto as as uh, Batman White Knight and cast uh, Michael Keaton as the old Batman, whatever it is, like I'm sure fans can wrap their heads around it just fine. You know. Yeah. But well, you're right. I don't know. How do you explain that to the suits? The what's what's cool though is maybe it's another another blank canvas that you can play with. Keaton has been on record multiple times saying that he would definitely do another Batman movie if Tim Burton uh, directed it. Yeah. So I'm not, that's I'm not, <laughs> so. Huh? I, well, I have a problem with that. <laughs> oh, you don't like Tim Burton? <laughs> well, I do. I like him tethered. I like him uh, on and under control in some way. Like Batman '89 was great, but Batman Returns was like all out Tim Burton, full, and that, that was full Tim Burton. Yeah. Tim Burton. It, like it got a little goofy with like the hot topic stuff and you know and supernatural murdering and like people the, the, the one thing that that it leads to is you have a certain segment of the audience of just you know general public people that think oh why is this 
you know, they cast uh, Colin Farrell to be Penguin in a movie. He's not a, right. a short, stubby He's guy like like Danny DeVito, and you know, like because right. so they think Penguin is like this mutant that has flippers. They yeah. think uh, Selena Kyle has supernatural powers. Actually, has nine lives. Right. You shouldn't yeah. want to fuck Penguin. I like <laughs> Tim Burton's vision. I, he's so, yeah. He wants to do art movies. I get it. But I, I think 89 works so well because they had a leash on him to some degree. Yeah. And they, yeah. someone had to come in and be like, no, Tim Burton, yeah. no. <laughs> Bob Kane Bob Kane was on set when he was making that. And uh, I don't know who it was, but someone like said that they were like Tim Burton had the Dark Knight Returns with him while he was like filming. So like either someone from Warner Brothers was like you should make it like this or we want to keep it like this like you're right right I think he was he was sticking to a tone but you know what like I as much as you can do White Knight White Knight would be amazing obviously but like it would be awesome like just the ideas that you're throwing around with uh, with uh, Beyond um, oh yeah that would be I mean fuck I mean I'd love to see that as like a film like just the things that you're talking about like Blade Runner Batman futuristic right. Batman that hasn't been done yet on film. If you if you, know? you change the um, so, I think when things come out in theaters now, we think it's it has to be connected to other movies we've seen. But if it comes out on a new platform like HBO or Netflix, everyone kind of does a reset and they're like, okay, yeah. so clean slate, give me a new thing with Batman in it. Like I'm not gonna pretend that this is connected to Chris Nolan or Tim Burton or whatever. Like I feel like that's kind of the nice thing about that. So if Netflix came and said, let's do a, uh, well, I guess it would be Warner Brothers streaming service. Do like an HBO style version, like a low budget, high concept, actor driven type thing. Like, fuck yeah, I'd be down with that. Okay. But Robin, can we get HBO? Yeah, obviously not up to me. Of course, I don't have that well, kind of we, power. We already got you saying that you're on board, so we're just yeah. gonna and we're to keep the ball rolling, and make it happen. As far <laughs> as people like Tim Burton and you know the things that they do in movies, I want to see anybody make a Batman movie that wants to do it because they're passionate about it. Right. Uh, not I, not I because it's the next job. Um, yeah. Regardless of what anyone... like, I, I like uh, Zack Snyder's stuff. And a lot of people don't. But when uh, BVS was shooting, I got to spend a day in Detroit watching the shooting of that. And Zack is so fully into what he's doing like he's excited he looks so happy to be there doing that he's animated you know like his arms are flying he's running here and there you know directing stuff and showing people how how he wants right. things to be done and that dude yeah. loves what he does and so, and that's that's good yeah. i uh i if, if anybody's a snyder fan Tune, tune out right now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I uh, honestly, like, my one thing I was I was trying not to say with the, uh, if, listen, if you like them, that's cool, whatever. Like, I really liked 300, but I don't know why um, people think the Snyder Cut is going to be any more amazing than Sucker Punch. Uh, when oh. I look at him, I think of, like, Michael Bay, but not as good. And I'm so sorry. Oh, I know you're a fan of his. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know why people think that he I mean everything is a moment for him. Everything is suddenly in slow motion. Like his director of photography is just going wild. Like I don't know if if like I see a, a clean three act structure like type of writer with it comes to Zack Snyder. Like I've never personally seen the the brilliance that people are claiming. Sucker um, Punch was abysmal. 
<laughs> I mean, even with I like Superman as a as the movie, but it was more of a science fiction movie, not a comic book movie. But I was okay with that. But I don't know that like the whole release of Snyder Cut. Like, what did Sucker Punch make you feel like he's had some grand vision of Batman that's gonna be better than Chris Nolan? Like, I have a hard time believing that. There's, but please, there's kids. You're gonna get attacked right now. Okay, on please, please. It's okay. <laughs> there are kids, there are kids on. There are kids on uh, Twitter. I'm not kidding you. Who have written like thesis papers about Sucker Punch, uh, and and what it did for women's rights and what it does with prop. I mean, I'm I'm hundred percent. I'm hundred percent with you as far as like its tone and people. You know, it's to each their own. Everyone has an acquired taste. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But there's people who will fucking die for his image. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Right. <laughs> and, and I think it's just um, if it's even if it's a pile of shit. Yeah, they they still want it because it's their favorite director, or if it's you know something along the way that he did spoke to them, right. and that they they will not relent until they get what they want, and that's kind of Twitter, man. Like right. with anything, like people have the ability to great to gain mass followings and be loud, and they yeah. think just because they're loud and they have a lot of people behind them that their opinion matters and that their opinion. Um, should come to fruition or their their wishes should come to fruition. And right. that's just kind of what it is. It's like there's all these kids. There's like a lot of them too. There's a lot of these kids who have like thousands of followers and, and have these, these amass these big followings that, right. you know, they just, they have this power and this fake number. They're like monopoly rich and they think it matters. Mm-hmm. And right. it just kind of gets everyone. So I think it's just like, again, outside of Twitter, does yeah. everyone really uh, want to see the Snyder Cut? You go into a comic book shop. Hey, man, you want to see the Snyder Cut? And like you, man, 90% of people are like, what the fuck is the Snyder Cut? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's the Twitter it's the Twitter uh, vortex. Twitter yeah. is very loud. Twitter really wants the Snyder Cut. But if you go outside, like there's not that many people that even know what the fuck they're talking about. Right. You know? I, I guess mean, I just you know being around you know being a DC for the the years from Nolan to now I mean because I I even met Chris Nolan and worked with him a little bit I always felt like DC or Warner Brothers they liked that his movies were a, a good solid vision he was very much a control freak he really got to do what he wanted on the second and third movies um, and I feel like when he stepped down they were thinking okay we need to have another director that can be like Chris Nolan. But we want to tell this guy what to do. Mm-hmm. So let's get a guy that like has like a dark vision and make him the Chris Nolan that will work for us. Ooh. And I, all, my impression was that's when they got Snyder because he had done you know 300, which was a DC property, and then Watchmen stuff. You know, kind of didn't land with a lot of people. And I'm like, they're trying to build this guy into Chris Nolan, and I just don't think. I think they're handicapping him. I, you know, they're running yeah. in, running around, changing his shit. Maybe he is a great director. Maybe I'm, you know, talking out of my ass, and uh, I apologize if that's the case. But like, I've never seen like the moments of brilliance that I see in other directors. I'm like, I thought yeah. that he was sort of propped up like a scarecrow, and it finally his time ran out. It finally, after you know, um, you know the. I mean, the stuff that happened with his daughter, all that stuff, awful, absolutely terrible. I can't even imagine what that's like. Um, but I feel like that sort of coincided with a perfect time for them to usher him out and to finally take charge and, yeah, maybe ruin his movie. I mean, hey, if he releases his movie and it's fucking great, I'll be the first one to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I get it now. Yeah, but I think you made a point where um, maybe they had this idea that, okay, we can have a Chris Nolan that we can kind of... yeah 
you know, usher and direct the way we wanted to. Yeah. And what he presented was so not that. Like he like I think they wanted to world build and they wanted to make this thing that would be uh uh something that they could like put up against they saw what they saw the money that Avengers was making and how they were making like multiple movies were just making money, making money, and then people were going to see him. Okay, yeah. Zack Snyder can be that for us. And instead of doing that, he's like, No, I'm gonna fucking kill this guy. Um, I'm gonna kill Superman. Uh yeah. Batman's gonna be a fucking drunk, or Batman's gonna be like he's lost his soul and he's about to kill. Mm-hmm. And and they 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 got the opposite of what they intended. And You're it right. was a and it turned into a mess, you know? And right. like uh yeah, it's it, that's what happened, and it's. I think that's what like, Zach wanted. One thing he had his vision, and yeah. Warner Brothers had theirs. It didn't mesh. It should have been stopped, probably like after either Man of Steel, yes. or it, it probably just should have been stopped at Man of Steel. Because why would you give him the? Why would you bring Batman into this world that you're not 100 percent bought into? Right. Yeah. And then and then after that, even let him make another one. Yeah. If you didn't want that, then like <laughs> just don't give yeah. it to him. You know. And, and it, I, it was I, a big. And, uh, you know, hey, I'm fine with directors changing things. Obviously, I changed a lot for White Knight. But Superman killing that way, that's just – it's that's against the Bible of Superman. You just you just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. And, you know, honestly, when he was talking about uh, Batman using guns, Batman kills, he almost had this, like, dismissive um, reaction to hardcore Batman fans defending the yeah. fact that Batman doesn't kill. And this is why he doesn't that video. Kill. He doesn't use guns. Which video? I think you're describing. Well, he does exactly what you're saying. Like, the, he's he's describing why his Batman killed, and he's very dismissive of of it. I might have. I yeah. I, I thought maybe I read an article. I don't know if I maybe I saw oh. the footage. I don't know. But I'm like, dude, you you can't. Like, there's ten things about Batman that just have to be in every movie. His parents probably one of them has to go at least. He can't use guns. He can't kill. He has to be. I mean, he's like he has to have a Batmobile. Like, you could change a lot of the other things, but you can't change these ten things. And when he showed so little understanding for the fact that Batman doesn't kill and he doesn't use, use guns, I felt like you're ignoring the, uh, you didn't do your homework, man, or at least you, you know that Batman shouldn't kill, but you're dismissing it because, well, in the modern age of terrorism, when everyone watches all these horrible things on CNN, I think the fans will understand that modern day Batman is probably going to have to use a gun and that'll be fine. And I personally was like, nope, not at all. And I was halfway through Batman White Knight. I didn't even have the gun thing in mind at this point. I didn't even think about Batman trying to go after Azrael to literally kill him. And the more I thought about Zack Snyder saying that, the more I started to reinforce my beliefs about why Batman doesn't use guns. And by issue five or six, I started adding more stuff in, which led to the fight at the end. And when I pitched the idea of Batman using a gun, my editor was like, you can't do that. Everyone wants to do gun Batman. Like, Jock does gun Batman all the time. It's just too much guns. And I said, I know. But I want to do it to show why Batman doesn't need guns. In a way, it was kind of like my answer to the Zack Snyders of the world. Um, I thought, well, Batman in my book has been pushed so far. his His family is not what he thought it was. His fortune isn't his. Everyone knows. I mean... He is like backed up against the wall like never before. And in a split second of anger, he loses his shit and cuts Azrael's throat. And luckily, he does the right thing and saves his life at the end because he's Batman and Batman doesn't kill. Like, that's why I could justify using the guns and the violence and all that stuff. But it was done for like a specific story reason. Whereas 
Zack Snyder's like, oh, is that the new Batmobile? Oh, dude, you know what it should have in the front? A machine gun. That would be fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. And it like shoots and shoots and shoots. And then, oh, you know, yeah, it was like shoots grenades. And then all kinds of people are like, yeah, fuck it. Who cares? Batman's fighting terrorists. Whatever. Terrorists got to die. I feel like. Yeah, I bet he's enthusiastic on set, but it doesn't mean he's doing his homework correctly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, 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 I never like the. I'm so sorry. I didn't like the aspect of the guns on there either. But as far as the killing, have you ever seen the video that does the counts? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of his death. It's crazy to look back oh, at how many people yeah. Batman has uh, actually yeah, killed. The history of Batman killing in movies, like you're right. So, yeah, it, we have to pick on all of them. Like they've all right. been psychopaths. You know, aside from what right. was it, the Clooney one? I think the Clooney one didn't kill anyone, no, and uh, the Adam West uh, movie obviously yeah. didn't kill anyone. When uh, I rewatched Batman Begins recently, and uh, when we first see the Batmobile, well, when it's actually painted black, it comes out of the shadows and it literally runs over an overturned cop car with two cops in it. <laughs> And I remember people were saying, oh, Batman's not that reckless. Give me a break. I'm like, did you not fucking see Batman Begins where he almost <laughs> kills these two cops driving on rooftops? Are you kidding me? I'm like, don't get me wrong. I love the movie. Absolutely. But, you know, if we're really going to critique here, then, yeah, he's playing a little bit fast and loose with the laws of physics there. Yeah. Well, Sean, it's been great. Um, yeah. Sorry whoa, it goes whoa, whoa, on for so long, guys. <laughs> no, no, no. We're actually done. I don't want to hear this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's what's going on. <laughs> kidding, kidding, kidding. Go ahead, Grumps. Yeah, no, I just wanted to ask Sean, have you seen the McFarlane toys, and what do you think oh, about them? Oh, right. I do. Yeah, I got some photos a while back from Todd. Um, he was trying to get me to draw some uh, Spawn. Uh, <laughs> he wanted me to draw Spawn, then he wanted me to write and draw Spawn. And uh, I was like, ah, I'd love to. I'm under contract. And, you know, talk about, like, a, a childhood Sean's dream come true, right? Um, and he started talking about these toys, and I thought he was bullshitting me because I'm like, I bet he's like making me feel like if I don't say yes to draw spawn, he won't do toys of mine. Like I thought he was sort of dangling that carrot. Um, Cause you know, Todd's good at business and you know, I wouldn't fault him if that was his spin, but then he starts sending me photos. I was like, Oh, okay. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> he's actually off. doing it. Yeah. And they look great. And uh, they have uh, the Jack Napier with a changeable mask, which is cool. Um, I As love the ads. Yeah, the Azrael looks amazing. Like I can't believe they made so much sense out of my scribbles, because like with Azrael's belt and his these pieces of cloth hanging from him, I'm not sure what it is honestly. And for like someone to have to go in and render it and make decisions out of these messy, smudgy fingerprint marks, like what is that? A belt? Okay, it's a belt <laughs> now. I'm amazed they were able to solidify the design to that degree. Mm. Well, I they did. I just wanted to make something real cool. He's got a big old suit. And I like a big <laughs> suit. And he's got a couple of buckles here and a belt there. And I just figured, why not? You know, fuck it, Sean. <laughs> and they did give him uh, booties, which I thought was kind of funny because my character is just red from the waist down. Uh, you know, uh, when 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 Todd was on, he was talking about the only way. Well, you you heard him. Uh, he was saying the only way that he's going to do anything with DC or Marvel is if Spawn comes along for it. Uh-huh. Maybe we could get Spawn into the White Knight universe. Mm, yeah. Spawn, maybe the uh, Jason Todd um, thing would work with Spawn. Ooh. If like Spawn was a Knights Templar guy in some forgotten age or something. Oh, it's funny, I usually steer away from magic because I just think it's a plot buster and I don't like Harry Potter. Um, 
But yeah, there's a there's a story there. Maybe Zack Snyder, your fucking boyfriend, can make it. <laughs> <laughs> Batman would have so many fucking guns. You know what? Watch it now. Like it's it's official. Zack Snyder is directing Batman White Knight. <laughs> Sean Murphy has no comment. It's just uh, issue A, but Batman has a gun, and in the end, he doesn't save anybody. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, you had mentioned that um, when we were talking a couple days ago. You said that uh, there were people on, or no, maybe it was this morning, that there were people on Twitter that weren't understanding that Bruce actually saved uh, Azrael at the end. There. Yeah, I. Uh, one person said I liked it. I liked how the ending was sort of left open. You don't know if he let Azrael die or not. And I'm like, hmm, I'm glad you liked it, but I thought it was clear that he saved his life. Um, you some the first aid kit out of the car and you see him you literally see him stitching his neck yeah i don't know i thought that was clear i don't this is the thing with these things i mean you're so uh entrenched in these stories for months and months and months you sort of make sure you're crossing your i's and dotting your t's and sometimes you forget the simplest thing so i i started to think wait a minute did i not make it clear like should i have had the reporter say like you know now that Azrael's in handcuffs or whatever I could have been more clear, but like, how much do you need to spoon feed it to people? You know, and I I can see that sometimes if you're just really wrapped up in what's happening, like you're just jumping. Oh, I I, I got to get to the next page and and see what's happening here. So yeah. maybe you uh, overlook details. Oh God, yeah. I mean, there's so many. Uh, so Nightwing has these two little bully sticks, whatever, that stick out of his shoulders. I constantly forget to draw those in certain panels. Um, some things on Batman is belt is slightly different each time. And you think you're keeping track of everything, but it's this I, sometimes I, I just, the dumbest shit gets through. I just mean as a reader, like, you know what, especially you're coming up to the end of the story. You're so you're just flipping quick cause you want to see what happens on the next page. So <laughs> I can right. see how they would you know, maybe miss where he was stitching them up. Right. Yeah. And I think the people that got it wrong, well, there's even two websites now that are running with it. Like Batman actually killed Azrael. And he's going to God. jail for murdering Azrael. The trial is going to be about murder. And I'm like, did you? Are you purposefully getting it wrong to troll people <laughs> on headlines, or did you just like skim through it and not get it? But hey, you know it's publicity, so I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, guys, sorry to bend your ear for two hours, but I think we got through everything. Yeah, yeah Jesus fucking Christ, Sean, man, like. Honestly, we got stuff to do. I'm sorry about <laughs> Zack Snyder, man. I'm sorry if that ends our relationship. Oh, no, 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 dude. That's like we fine. said, we're the type of guys that, like, you know, somebody makes something, we might like certain things about it, or we might love it. Yeah. And you know, the, his time came and went. All right, now they're making something else. We're we're down to see that. Yeah. We're not gonna fucking put all our chips into something that's. Uh, it's just we're not those people on Twitter, <laughs> yeah, and, right. and we're we're the guys that have been reading comics for years. So we're accustomed to there's always a different person coming along and doing things their way, and yeah, then right. when they're done, the next guy comes along and does things his way. So I think those of us that have been reading comics for so long, we have that advantage of being able to roll with these changes. Right, I think that's yes. what makes you guys the best the best kind of readers, honestly. And you know them taking the suits taking chances on people like. Tim Burton or Zack Snyder, it's not dissimilar from them taking chance on me on White Knight. I mean, I mean, it's the same thinking that yeah, let's let's, get, let's hire this oddball to do his weird vision, and hey, maybe yeah. something will stick. So you know, Some, yeah, yeah sometimes I shouldn't criticize it, too much. 
No, no, no. Sometimes it doesn't work and it's a hot pile of garbage. And sometimes it's fucking White Knight and Curse of the White Knight. Where <laughs> are you? Like, dude, honestly, like, I love, I love uh, Scott Snyder. I love the stuff he's done. Um, Scott, you know, we, we joke and we say Scott Snyder is our best friend writer because <laughs> Scott helped us out a lot as far as like putting us on the map for getting people to recognize us. Right. Um, we love him. That being said, I think you are probably the best Batman writer in the last like 10 years. Oh, thank you. Don't tell Scott. (laughs) Well, I mean, if he listens to us as regularly as other people, he's going to hear it. I'm not, Uh, again, love Scott. Love him to death. I'm just just really proud of, I'm just really proud of what Sean did, man. Yeah. (laughs) And I think, I think it's like, uh, you know, Scott, Scott definitely added on to the mythos and you took, you took Batman and you fucking went in a complete different direct. You went down an alley that's like Snyder alley, or I'm sorry, Murphy alley. I mean, <laughs> fuck, I fucked up already, but no, you already named it the Murphy yeah. verse, man. It's like no, it's it's what we never knew we wanted. I was so glad. I mean, when Scott was doing metal, I'm like, man, this is perfect because Batman, the mainline Batman, isn't anywhere near what I'm trying to do. So I'm like, this is great. Scott's doing fantasy Batman. I'll do like grounded non-superhero with batman and it's it's perfect so i it, felt it, like yeah none no, of us was. were competing with each other and you know i think it worked perfect. out really well yeah. and then and so it's cool too because there's that high fantasy batman there's your stuff and then even detective comics is doing something different too which is also really good so it's like it's like the best time to fucking read like you want batman what kind do you like here check it out this you know this look at yeah. you we have so much variety now that you can choose from yeah that's cool, man. I'm really glad. To, I'm, I'm glad you told me about all the versions out there. Like, I gotta read that script now. And uh, I'm, oh, I'm thinking, like you, like, why don't they do like black label books of uh, movies that could have been? There's, yeah. there's got to be some sort of red tape behind, like, buying. Like, I guess the studio owns the script rights, and so the movie right. studios are specifically the ones who are in charge of what gets to happen mm-hmm. to it. Maybe, but I think you're right. Yeah, because I wanted to quote uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, and I wasn't allowed to. Uh, uh, I even wanted movie. a cameo of Phantasm and, and Curse. Um, I forget how it's going to work in. But they said you, you can't go word for word, even though it's all Warner Brothers. There's like some legal stuff. That, yeah, you, you makes, can't yeah. do that. So, yeah, what, what you're saying makes sense. But, dude, like, yeah, read read the Aronofsky's. Uh, I think he wrote it with Frank Miller. Frank Miller, Darren Aronofsky, year one. And it's out there, dude. It's out there. Yeah, cool. I like it. Sounds good already, man. All right, guys. Hey, stay right, positive. Sure. Don't worry. We'll yeah. get through this. Don't. Uh, I know every day is like a roller coaster, but uh, I think halfway through summer, we'll start to see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know? Absolutely. And Curse is out there now. If you haven't read it, pick up the last issue. Uh, Sean's Catwoman is coming soon with Blake Northcott. And uh, then more White Knight stuff. Yep, White Knight spinoff announcements. It's not an imprint, but there will be some spinoffs. And uh, yeah, I'll I'll tweet the shit out of that when it's time. Or I'll have my assistant do it. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Cool. Thanks again, guys. Thank you. Have a good night. Take care. Later.